previously on Elite Week. The way I see it, there's only three kinds of people in this world. Bad ones, ones you follow, and ones you need to protect. All right, look, I've tried to be reasonable. You give me your word in 10 seconds, or I shoot you in the head. I know Kung Fu. Out of order? Fuck! Even in the future, nothing works. <laughs> Welcome to Elite Week, episode 49, Galactic Water Cooler, Friday, November 13th, 2020, with special guest Galnet News Digest, comprised of one Mr. Watherspoon and one Mrs. Beetlejuice, Miss Beetlejuice. Find out. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I am your host, Kai Zen, and I would like to uh, 
welcome you to the party. We also have with us my co-pilot and uh, commander of all things Canadian, Roy Cookson. <laughs> Say hello, Roy. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. Hope you're having a great day. Yes, yes. Happy time zone to you. And on the tech, making lots of noise, we have Arthur Cross. <laughs> Say hello, Arthur. Good evening, everybody. It's always nice to have a cold one after starting some fires. Beautiful. And we have Tweet74 from OPIC. Say hello, my man. Happy Friday the 13th, everybody. I hope you're ready for an entertaining, fun-filled, educational show. Kai, welcome back to Elite Week. I was afraid the Lave boys were going to keep you over there after your wonderful appearance on Lave Radio this week. Well done, man. Keep me. They threw me out. They locked the door behind me, and they literally drugged me so that I wouldn't remember how to get back. It was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no worries. No, no worries at all. And our special guest, as we said, we have... Let's start off with Commander Waterspoon this time. Say hello. Hello. How are you? And Commander Beetlejuice. Say hello, Tim. Hello. I'm Tim. <laughs> <laughs> that is a inside joke that you'll have to uh, ask Beetlejuice about at some point in the future. All right. So, yeah, let's get this started. Right off the bat, uh, that was a kick-ass song to get us started by Pompelman. And that was a mashup from uh, the Bee Gees and uh, Mariquai. Good stuff. And going out, we'll have uh, Take On Me by Aha, covered by uh, Andy Case. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. I want to uh, give a big shout out to the Frontier Art Department for Bright Light Space City. That's what I call that picture that we're using as the, uh, as the uh, thumbnail for, for this episode. All right, let's get right into the intro. Right off the bat, Arson, throw up that picture. Don't get any down, uh, damn darts. All right, it is. Let's look at the Pulse Wave Analyzer update. As of today, this issue has been occurring and breaking the core mining gameplay loop for exactly 68 days. It was broken on the patch September 7th. We're going to keep you guys updated on that for as long as it takes until it's uh, resolved. <sighs> Let's talk about the new official Elite Week Twitter at Elite Week 3306. Let's talk about the fact that uh, according to our good friend of the show, Obsidian Ant, uh, we are now at 0.482764577%. So almost one half of one tenth of one percent of the galaxy uncovered that's 193 million star systems uh that have been uh discovered in the last 5.5 years that's 399 billion 807 million or 99.995 percent to go let's get on that what do you say guys um good stuff it's uh it's crazy mind-blowing how big this game is and all of the things that frontier have given us to play with so let's let's show them what we can do as of next week elite is going to be free that's crazy i'm going to talk about that give you a heads up about it pc gamer put out a uh pc gamer uk excuse me dropped a magazine yesterday and it turns out that uh high-waisted thongs uh over the spacesuit is the hot look for 3307 arson show the people what that looks like that uh, joke comes to you courtesy of uh 
uh, Commander Alec Turner. I think we're getting a little bit of bleed through from Beetletooth. Uh, all right, let's see here. This date in space history, November 13th, 1970. Mariner 9 became the first spacecraft to orbit Mars. Now, NASA had several Mars flybys before Mariner 9. Those flybys showed that Mars had a cratered surface, so the scientists uh, thought that the moon would be similar to what Mars would look like. And then Mariner, Mariner 9 blew their minds. When Mariner, Mariner 9 uh, got to Mars, it arrived in the middle of a dust storm, and it saw some tall structures sticking through the clouds. When the dust settled, imagers from Mariner 9 revealed, I'm saying that a lot, revealed that these structures were the tops of huge volcanoes, including one volcano, Olympus Mons, which is the tallest in the solar system that we found thus far. Uh, it also spotted an enormous canyon called Ballas Marineris. Uh, this canyon is five times longer than the Grand Canyon. It worked for one year in orbit, and when it ran out of gas, NASA shut it off. But the spacecraft remains one of the most famous Mars voyagers of all time. And now, these years later, we have Hope from the United Arab Emirates, Heavenly Questions from China, and Mars 2020 from us are all scheduled to arrive at Mars in under 100 days. Mars 2020 will be landing or scheduled to land on February 18, 2021. Uh, heavenly Questions soon after. And Hope from the UAE is going to just orbit the planet and do extensive uh, weather pattern and atmospheric research tests. So Godspeed, you beautiful little robots. And while we're wishing Godspeed, our love and hopes for a safe and smooth mission go out to the NASA Crew-1, comprised of NASA astronauts, mission specialist Shannon Walker, pilot Victor Glover, and commander Mike Hopkins, along with JAXA, that is the Japanese Aeronautical Space, uh, Exploration Agency, uh, or Astrological, rather. Uh, Astro, yeah, sorry, Astro Exploration Agency. Uh, astronaut mission specialist Soichi Noguchi, who will be launching this Sunday at 7.27 Eastern Standard Time aboard a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket on their first on the first operational mission. The previous SpaceX flight was slated as a mission test uh, from the U.S. shore since 2011. This also marks the first ever U.S. launched four-member crewed capsule mission. Previously, they had two-member or three-member capsule crews, and they had had larger crews in the space shuttle, but this is a first for capsule missions for the U.S. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so just wanted to give a big shout out to them. You guys represent the best of us, and we pray that God, Buddha, the universe, and Lady Luck will all work together in this 2020 to see fit to return you safely to us upon successful completion of your six-month mission. Go ahead and hit the plugs. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Elite Week and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Elite Week. If you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch and would like to know how to catch us on our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash elite week 
For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at EliteWeek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out or contribute to community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, feel free to follow at EliteWeek3306 for news and information about Elite Dangerous and cool sci-fi and space news. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC, so come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. Right on. So let's get right to it. Let's start off with our guest interviews, Watherspoon and Beetlejuice, a.k.a. Galnet News Digest. Hello, guys. Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> so, Watherspoon, you've been, uh, uh, I've been, you know, madly in love with you for quite some time, and your ability to spin bullshit out of nothing and kind of keep the storyline going. And now, Frontier is playing with you. They're giving you actual fun stuff to, to, to really report on. That's got to feel good. Out, spin something out of bullshit. That's that's lovely. I'm, I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not, but uh, I've always you. thought you're a weaver of turds. <laughs> thank you, turd weaver. Yeah, I. <laughs> oh Jesus, turd um, weaver and chief. There you go. Uh, so yes. Uh, so, mm-hmm. it, I mean, tell me, it's gotta feel really good for them to be giving you something to work with now. Well, it helps certainly. Um, and way back in 3302, when I started doing this stuff, um, there, there was quite a bit in game. There was uh, clearly quite a lot being injected um, as the Kahina Loren Salome storyline. There was uh, the beginnings of the coming of the Thargoids. Mm-hmm. All of those things were happening, and, and, and I was chronicling that uh, in, in what was at the time a podcast. Um, and then, sort of, it was really, the, I don't know, halfway through last year, things began to get a little bit quiet. We had um, we had the, the, the big interstellar initiatives, but all the other Galnet dried up, uh, ostensibly because um, because uh, Frontier was upset at us, or uh, upset at themselves, um, for, for misleading the players into thinking that there might be some storyline to the game. Um, <laughs> and uh, and af- af- after it had sort of worked his way through four interstellar initiatives uh, at the end of last year um galnet just sort of quietly went to sleep and uh, nothing nothing of note happened for six months seven months um i had not noticed uh, no indeed and uh and then i don't know if it's coincidence or not but um the community management team changed mm-hmm. And and things sort of seem to um, liven up quite rapidly. Now that may have been something that was already planned in terms of um, in terms of lead up to uh, Odyssey, but I don't think it was. I think I think all of this reuse of existing assets 
mm. is just making making something something good and meaningful and narrative based at, at, at relatively low cost to the company um and actually giving the players something to something to do in the galaxy that had quite frankly become quite sort of sadly quiet mm. so so yes i am quite pleased that uh, that we have some stories to 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 look at and um i'm 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 quite uh, quite impressed by the way that the storylines are interleaving and that there's meaningful things happening that actually have a consequence for players who choose to get involved mm. um but at the same time if you still want to just go out and do your own thing you can still go out and do your own thing it all works very nicely thank you beautiful and you have been so uh let's say uh busy with keeping up with all of this it, it seems you've brought along a new protege who is uh you know helping you carry the load with all of this news in beetletude yeah well, I'm not sure if she's necessarily a, a completely new protege. Um, she's done a lot of um, voice acting work oh, sure. or reading of scripts for Sagittarius Eye, for example, for quite some time now. Um, but but yeah, I mean, sort of, it's it, it's quite nice getting a second voice and uh, being able to being able to alternate the voices a bit. And uh, and Beetlejuice does have some um, creative input to some of the stories as well, which is quite nice. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You guys, I, I've. You know, obviously, I've been a fan of Galnet News Digest and a, and a proponent of it for forever. But uh, I think that with uh, with Beetlejuice edition, both on the mic and you know, with helping you know the, the stylistically or whatever on content generation, you guys have been just taking it to the next level and doing a fantastic job. Why? Thank you. I make a very good cup of tea. Ah, lovely, lovely. Yes. It's a, it's a morally good cup of tea. It tastes foul. Yes. <laughs> it's decent, upstanding. Mm. Yes, the spoon upstands. <laughs> it's very, very so, tea. <laughs> so we're going to have in the show notes all of you know the YouTube, FeedBurner, iTunes, Twitter, Flickr, the whole nine yards for for both Watherspoon and Beetlejuice. Everybody's information, but. Um, I kind of wanted to talk to you about the goings on just just sort of fairly fairly recently and 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 the things that have been sort of as this storyline evolves and 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 kind of what you guys think of all of this where where you think it might be going which storyline are you thinking of well, so there's, to my mind, there's three separate storylines, and two of them are now at the at this point sort of interwoven. You okay. have the story of the lame duck uh, Trump refusing to let go of power. I mean, uh, Hudson refusing to let go of power, uh, and and uh, you've got uh, Felicia Winters sort of nipping at his heels and his own political base seems to have been just sort of eroding faster and faster by the moment uh which is now intertwined with this interesting story of sort of how do how do we say it the uh the, well, the, the republicans well you've you've got that and then you have yes you have the 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 nmla which are very clearly a separate group from the Marlinist Republic, Republicans, um, 
and their I, interactions. Hmm. Go ahead. I, I, I would I would sort of disagree with that. They they are similar but different. They have perhaps um, similar aims, but have different means of achieving those aims. Yes, but they're di very different. They're very distinct groups in that. Yeah, I would say that the the, the analogy would be uh, sort of uh, people of the Islamic faith as to uh, radical Islamic terrorists. They they have they have some similarities, but they're well, not the same. Perhaps you could make a make an analogy between um, Republicans who believe that Donald Trump should uh, be re-elected despite not being re-elected, and sort of folks in Wyoming who are willing to take up arms to ensure that Trump gets uh, reinstated without an election. Sure, or Irish citizens and the Irish Republican Army, or many other groups where you have... Okay. Careful. So it's, it's, there's, there's Republicans in Ireland and the, as, as, as in people who believe in the unification of the, of the country. And, sure. and yes, indeed, indeed, there are various or have been various paramilitary organizations as well. That's right. Yes, absolutely. But I mean, there's mm -hmm. difference between. So I, I may uh, carry some of the same views as other people, but I don't. If, if I'm not a, a, a terrorist, if I'm not killing people because of my views, mm -hmm. I'm very different from those who, who do justify those actions. Or, or yes, I mean, the, 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 there's obviously a sort of huge moral chasm there, and, and um, you, need, you need to be fairly strongly justified before you, um, before you pick up a gun and start killing people. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, so there's those, those two storylines that are interweaving. There's sort of maybe a third subplot of this old school hardliner Hadrian now having a brush with death and having sort of an Ebenezer, maybe an Ebenezer Scrooge moment where he's now coming around to the the kinder, gentler, groovier position of uh, Ashling, possibly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, and then, so that, that's, that, 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 that's the first that's two things. The Starship One and the Marlinists, yes. And then you're going to go on to, to presumably various things that have been happening with Thargoids. I, I would say that the Thargoid things seem to, at least thus far, seem to fit fit neatly into the description of Thargoids and the Alliance. So far. Y yes. Yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely. Um, and the Alliance Expeditionary Force in particular. Mm -hmm. um, because they were set up in order to colonize the Witchhead Nebula, mm. pretty much. Which and, and and the Alliance does seem to have pretty much taken over the Witchhead Nebula. There's still a presence of the Empire and, uh, and uh, from the Federation, but the Alliance does seem to be pretty prominent, and it was certainly very prominent indeed in the, in, in the recent uh, sort of incursion of, of Thargoids trying to return to the Witchhead Nebula. And and then, strangely enough, it's that Alliance faction that has traversed the entire bubble and sort of popped up, um, sort of to the north northeast, if you like, uh, in the Muska Dark region, where there's some more barnacles being discovered, some barnacles that haven't been exhausted, some barnacles that still have loads of meta alloys on them, and uh, and and yes, it's 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 that that faction of the Alliance that's that's. Um, that appears to want to to make some make some easy cash. Yeah, they seem, to be, these. Hmm? they seem to be making hay while the sun shines, while the imps and the fetties are busy sort of posturing with each other. 
Yes, um, that's that's maybe a good characterization. Of course, the the um, as as far as the Federation's concerned, it's really only got a, a sort of border incursion. It's not um, it's not it's not sort of affecting the whole of the Empire. Uh, so, so the, the whole of the Federation, but the the um, the, the, the problems with, with Starship One and whether or not uh, Hudson was involved in any criminal activity or sanctioned any criminal activity um, against um, his political rivals and indeed killed an awful lot of uh, people from the federal civil service in the process by um, allowing Starship One to, to, to be destroyed. Um, that That's clearly causing some problems. He was... Um, very much more willing to work with the Empire than Felicia Winters. Mm. Um, he he would have been willing to return the Marlinists, the uh, Republicans, even even though they they probably share many of his political views. In order to keep things um, keep things on an even keel with the Empire, he would have he would have traded them back. And uh, unfortunately, he's not in a position to do that at the moment, for better or for worse. Um, and uh, so, yes, Winters is taking a slightly uh, a softer, a softer line from from the point of view of the um, of the of the people concerned, um, but possibly a harder line against the Empire, which may or may not escalate into something more than a border border skirmish. We have to wait and see. Hmm. So, Beetlejuice, what do you think of these sort of storylines and where it's progressing, and and how are you? Are you enjoying it? Are you a little like, ah, wait and see, or what do you think? I just enjoy experiencing going to places in the game and looking at the things that they put in. <laughs> I, I, I'm very much a tourist. I, I, I don't really look that deeply. Hmm. I do enjoy it. I, I like, I like reading the stories and finding out about it. But I, I don't. It's just a game. I, 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 I have fun. Beautiful. I look at the, I look at the pretty places. I drain the barnacles of their barnacle juice and and run off with the cash. It's, it's a good life. Mm. And back to Wallerspoon, what do you think uh, <laughs> what do you think is going to be the next step with this? What do you uh, where do you foresee this? Where do you foresee this going after, let's say, because they, they've been doing a pretty decent job of like interspersing. You do a sort of a, you know, a Thargoid CG over here. You do a this CG over there, whatever. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you see this going next? I mean, I, I don't see the tensions sort of dissipating between the Alliance, and, or sorry, between the Empire and the Federation. No, you're probably right. Um, it, 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 it sounds like it's going to take a while before the Starship One thing gets worked out. Um, they, did, they did kind of put something in saying that, hey, it's going to take a little while um, to, to sort of complete the investigation. And in the meantime, Hudson's going to, going to remain sort of in charge. So I, I guess that's signaling that we're not going to hear too much more about Starship One. Um, although on the rotation, that would be the next thing to come up. If you if you kind of look at the sequence of mm. um, Galnet stories that get published, the, the, there is they do interleave quite nicely. Um, so um, I, I guess there will continue to be political posturing in the Federation. Um, it may be that. You know, so we, we've had a couple of Thargoid combat events. There's one going on at the moment, and there was one earlier in the Witchhead Nebula. Mm. Um, we've had one. Well, we've had a, we've had a few uh, combat events, um, sort of like civil war in the Empire and this this border skirmish, which is now completed. I, 
I know we have three of the systems have gone into sort of bad states because of refugees uh, coming into the Federation. So we have, you know, like um, like uh, famine, pestilence, and war um, happening on those on those border systems. I, I I really don't know where it's going to go, but but um, if if I were to guess, if if it's not going to be Starship One that sort of throws up anything exciting in the immediate future, then we're probably going to go back to some sort of terrorist activity within the Empire. So it'll be interesting to see what um, what Frontier can do with um, assets that we already have in game that will be new, interesting, startling um, to, to, to spark our interest. The other thing, of course, that has been really fascinating is that, that for many of these CGs, they've managed to provide some sort of unique reward for participants. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's new. That's, that's pretty different. Um, so it, you used to be able to get paint jobs or decals. Um, now you're getting engineered modules, which you can't get by any other means. So. Yeah, they're chucking out they're chucking out paint jobs on the streams now. I mean, Arthur gave out six last week. Yeah, absolutely. There were six from the uh, uh, from the Tuesday uh, Super Cruise uh, thing with uh, with Super Cruise news with uh, Bruce and Stephen. That was a very successful stream, I thought. Was it Stephen? Was it? Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was it was good stuff. Um, if Waterspoon now uh were to say something to to sort of Watherspoon, let's say oh i don't know eight months ago <laughs> when everything was just sort of completely quiet and you were drumming up things you know uh, you were I, I don't know how you were doing it man you were just shucking and jiving to keep things going uh what what do you i mean did, how how, how do I even say this? How does this make you feel for, for the future of Elite, at least going up into 2022, as they say this this storyline will, will be? It seems like we're we're in a, a live galaxy again, right? Yes, it seems that way. I mean, clearly the, the, um, the, the reality is that for most people, like, like Jude, um, the normal gameplay doesn't change but it feels more alive and you've got the opportunity to get involved if you want to get involved um it's probably a fairly small percentage of players who actually play the cgs as opposed to going away and doing mining or you know kind of completing the various tasks that that, that, that you have you have an opportunity to complete in the game but but even if it is a relatively small number of people it matters to an awful lot more people than 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 who get involved because they really want to feel that they're in a living galaxy that there's there's something going on around them and without that it it it, it just felt dead and flat and uh, and 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 there were let me be frank there were some completely uninspiring um frontier streams and you'd kind of look at it and think oh, yeah, okay it's not you know, this is, whatever they're doing in terms of development, they're really not putting any effort into into maintaining the the, the live game. I, I I'm I'm fairly confident that um, with um, sort of Arthur and Lawrence working together, um, we have a good opportunity of, of of maintaining that into the future. I think it's it. it I, I think Frontier recognise that they dropped the ball. Um, that it was a big mistake 
yes, they needed to put all their resources into getting Odyssey out, because Odyssey is much, a much more massive undertaking than the original Elite release, uh, you know, in, in quite a big way. And they've got about the same length of time to, um, to, to release it, you know, and, and from, from point of view, point of starting working on it to the point of release. It's, it, it, it is a massive undertaking. They definitely need a lot of people on that, but they also need to retain their players in the meantime. And uh, I, I, I actually, from 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 point of view of what I would have said to myself sort of eight months ago, I would have said, "Well, yeah, just you, you, you're doing exactly the right thing. Cut back on the number of um, number of releases you're doing. Um, keep the thing going um, because you know. I, I, I guess you've got to have some faith. It's like these guys." clinging on to the outside of the Nautilus in uh, um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Um, you know, sort of, Captain Nemo will come good. Um, and, uh, and and yes, they have come good. Um, they've, they've, they've steered the ship back on course and, uh, and they... I, th- I, I, I think I think we're heading we're heading in a good direction. Odyssey obviously is going to is is, is going to create a lot of new game gameplay loops. It's going to create new environments. It's going to it's going to create stuff that is just naturally interesting. But I think they'll still need the storyline on top of that um, because you want to have events. You want to have things that people think, hey, I'm missing I'm missing out on something here if I go off and do this other thing. If I go and explore this planet or whatever because that creates that kind of dichotomy in in in, in your gameplay that you know i'm i'm a, <laughs> i want to do this but at the same time there's this other thing going on going on over here and it's limited time and i should be going and going and seeing seeing what that's all about as well that makes for a much richer uh, gaming experience than to just take your time and there's, there's no rush well i yeah. mean absolutely if, if you have no opportunity cost whatsoever that just means that you're you have nothing to offer so there's nothing to miss out on yeah little dude you were gonna say something uh i, I could do uh, uh yeah no i would uh, i think that probably Wotherspoon had plenty plenty of stuff planned to go with even whilst galnet was switched off because he was looking into the history of game history of the game so there's tons there it's a massive universe it's a massive story and there's loads of bits and bobs different different aspects of it you can look at i mean let's just just look at the the book series as then the different the different minutiae that people make whole books out of in in different universes i mean look at all the star treks that's a galaxy and and you know there's plenty going on so i mean he, he looked at power play i remember that mm. <laughs> and uh, you were going to look at the main corporations as well weren't you yes that's right i'd start, started working on that um to to, to be honest sort of one side spent some time looking at the source material I, I wish i'd spent a bit more effort on powerful people because with powerful people I, I was kind of creating stories around these characters but there's so much background to the galaxy if you if you go and look at all the various sources that are available and you know there are some sources that we don't have access to because we're not authorized elite authors um but um, but there is an awful lot which has been published by those by those um, novel writers and by those game creators and whatever. Um, and if you if you go and dig your way through that, there is an awful lot of background to, to, to this game. You 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 could you could do a sort of like a, a twenty part sort of um, hour long series on the history of of the galaxy, 
and you you probably still couldn't cover it all it it it, it is just amazing how much detail there is other other game companies would would kill for this kind of um this kind of background to a game it is it is just incredible and the lung cannon stuff as well mm. you mean i don't mean Ula. i always mean Ula. i don't just mean that but i do mean all of the other all of the other iterations of the game have all had their own little variants on the theme haven't they yeah i mean there's but, there, yeah there is a massive sort of field of of rich resources that they have at their disposal and thankfully while it sort of laid fallow for a while it's been picked back up again and i think that we are in an elite renaissance excited to see what comes next yeah it'd be nice to think so uh, and and we have every reason to believe it's true um and uh <clears throat> to, to to be honest what what arthur has put together um with with the guys from the the, the sort of the production part of the dev team um is uh is just amazing it's better than i would have expected uh, i i was kind of expecting some i mean the interstellar initiatives were good they they um they had they had a storyline um but the actual what you do was was a bit limited um what what they've come up with this time around is actually richer gameplay and definitely easier to get involved with and more rewarding to get involved in um, and I just wish I sort of was either good at trading, had a mega ship, or um, was really good at combat with Thargoids, because I'd quite like one of those frame shift, shim, the frame shift drives that they're selling at the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll do some Tharg combat. combat. <laughs> I shall. I shall. <laughs> no, the Thargs will do some combat against me, and that's what'll happen. Wow. I shall. I shall be a little greasy stain on the galaxy. You have to give it the old. You have to give it the try, you know. <laughs> Get out there and mix it up. Uh huh. In, in, in your the guardian fighter. Uh yeah. Once I've got my guardian fighter, yes. yes. I think you guys will be. I think you guys will be absolutely fine. Come with me. I'll take you. I'll take you down there, and we'll kill some. We'll squash some bugs, or do some trucking. Either which one. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. So, guys, how about you join us as we go take you on a guided tour through the galaxy, uh, powered by vodka and uh, good hopes. All right. And also, maybe a little beer. Let's start off with the Dark Wheel update. Right off the bat, uh, there's not a whole lot to report. The last time we talked to you, we were pending expansion. We're still pending expansion. We're planning to expand tomorrow. Tomorrow should be the day that we land in late. We're going to land in Lave. We're going to kick some owls out of the uh, system. And we're going to hang out with our buddies, the Lave Radio uh, Network. So uh, we look forward to that. With regard to everything else, everything else is proceeding well. We are in day two of our war in Pralak to take over the system. We're 2-0. and um, Everything is good everywhere. And we're just going to keep on trucking. We are going to land and live tomorrow, I predict. We're going to uh, then expand our next expansion out of 397, where we will land right next to Seoul, very close in the neighborhood. We'll let you know where uh, as it happens. But uh, everything looks good for that. And then we're just going to march our way down to LFT 509 and have a little fun and see what happens if we can unlock a uh, 
a permit or what have you when we get to 509. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we also uh, showed you, Arson was showing earlier on the screen, the Azure Paint Job All Main Ships by Mark uh, Davis. Um, link is in the show notes. You really should take a look at this. Uh, his his name is Commander Devo. His YouTube channel is Mark Davis, but he's Devo, Commander Devo. And uh, this paint job looks way better than it did in the, in the pictures. Uh, so give it a look. And if you have it, uh, throw it on your ship and take a look at what it looks like gleaming out in the out in space and I think you might you might dig it so good stuff next up there is a brand new lore site that was found this week and it is spooky AF uh, Cole 285 sector uh, Nancy Papa dash whiskey alpha 31 dash 3 and it's body 6a it's the moon the first moon of the sixth planet uh if you go there you can see uh you know just map it out and you can see extraction site hs-98 that has a very very spooky story that goes along with it i know that galnet news digest covered it I, th I thought your coverage of it was fantastic i told the boys at lave about it when i was a guest on uh, lave radio this tuesday and uh they came up and take a look at it as well ben thought it was pretty pretty cool story as as did i um you can we have a link to the reddit uh thread that has all of the information about how it was found it was basically from listening posts uh this was not part of the halloween event this is a completely separate thing that just happened to be found but let me tell you this was a very much it felt like a halloween themed story to me it was very very spooky so Go check it out. Tell us what you think. Next up, we've got The Fatherhood. There's a new daily podcast. It's a daily news podcast put out by Commander Hader. That's H-A-I-D-E-R 360 of the Fatherhood Player Group. Uh, and they have, you know, they're, they're uh, a group of uh, elite dads who sort of their theme is, you know, when the kids go to sleep, we go to space. And their motto is, don't dream of the stars, fly amongst them, or live amongst them. Uh, so there's a link to the YouTube channel, the brand new uh, custom name YouTube channel, uh, www.youtube.com, the fatherhood news, all one word. Go check that out. Subscribe to that little podcast. It's a daily news podcast that goes, you know, three minutes, five minutes, six minutes long. Uh, it's a neat sort of series of stories that uh, Commander Hader is interweaving actual BGS stuff and CG stuff and, and Galnet stuff with sort of these storylines that he's writing and creating with characters and it's not a thing where like oh the fatherhood is just like the uh, the heroes always and and a hundred percent right like there's stories where it makes it seem like the fatherhood are the good guys there's other stories where it makes it seem like the fatherhood are the bad guys he's writing these neat little narratives uh where the these this different cast of characters among a dozen different systems are sort of involved in these uh, conflicts and, and back and forth on a local level level and he's basically sort of doing uh, uh, a like a galnet news digest on a, on a 
microcosm level in this this one area of space and telling really neat little stories. Uh, I subscribed to it and went back and there's like 20 episodes out or so, uh, 23, 24, whatever. Uh, and I went and just listened to all of them back to back and now I'm caught up and I've got it set up in my podcast feed and as I go out to work each day, I pop it on and hear a neat little story. So uh, let's see here. Going to the recording booth, I'm seeing, let's see, tweaked. You had something to ask about this? Well, the fatherhood, I I, I want to say I heard him with a flight assist podcast a while back. Uh, I do not believe so. No, they, they haven't covered this yet. Uh, I'm not sure where I remember these guys from, but yeah, this is some pretty fun stuff. I took a listen to it, his YouTube channel. I, I just everybody go check it out. The more in game, in universe, quote unquote, Sagittarius Eye type stuff, the better off we are. I think I love this kind of stuff. I think you might be thinking of Father Bill. That's a completely different. Oh, uh, that's who I heard on there. That's right. Yes. Yeah, he is a Catholic priest who also plays Elite Dangerous in VR mode, and this is a group just called the Fatherhood because they're a bunch of. Like I said, dads who basically, you know, you're 30 and 40 year olds. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely good stuff. It's, you know, OPEX has their news network. The fatherhood fatherhood has theirs. And I want people to reach out and, you know, let me know if there's if there's something that, that's out there, that there's another group doing a thing like this. We, we want to promote all the different groups sort of within the elite dangerous communities that are making uh, cool things. And I... It's suddenly occurring to me that I don't think we mentioned this before the the uh, the show. I'm gonna I'll, I'll go ahead and blame Roy, but uh, so the way we do everything here is in the in the recording booth channel. If you guys have anything you want to pitch in on any of these uh, uh, Beetlejuice or or Wilderstone, feel free to just put a little dot in there, and we'll we'll call call on you for it. You stole that idea from Live Radio, didn't you? We did we? We absolutely <laughs> stole that from Lave Radio. It's a good system, and it, it seems to work pretty well. It is. You didn't, right. me- you didn't mention Brother Sabathius. He's a brother. Absolutely. <laughs> He's a brother from another mother, and he kills Thargoids like no other. Look at that. In a siding, or a hauler. Yeah, absolutely. I feel a rap coming on. <clears throat> no, not for me. All right. <laughs> Next up, Arson, you had something you wanted to uh, discuss. Yeah, some some forum woes. I have a, a little bit of a bone to pick with something I've been seeing over the last several years on the forums, basically since I started. Um, I will say with a little preface, uh, not everything with moderation on the Elite forums is bad, but this is an issue that I have seen consistent over the last uh, five plus years that I've been playing. Uh, well, five-ish years uh, since it's still 2020. Uh, nearly six, actually. But anyways, I joined the forums back in January 2015, and I participated very heavily uh, in many threads that I participated in and posted in were regarding game mechanics that are important to me about open play, uh, and they inco- included a lot of uh, moderator participation in them. And I noticed a trend of moderators drowning out feedback that they opposed with their own positions. Now, I'm perfectly okay with moderators having their own opinions, But many of these opinions were stated by the moderators with an air of authority and absolution and were continually repeated in various forms constantly until the supporters of the idea uh, stopped posting and the threat died. Uh, As a result of this behavior, I personally stopped participating on the forums except during betas. 
I continue to monitor the creation of threads using forms uh, RSS feeds to keep up to date on game events. And for the show, I have paid even closer attention to the feed, reading the titles of every single thread created, and reading many threads, especially those regarding open play mechanics, the social issues around them, and suggestions to approve them. Uh, and I have noticed a provable trend of moderators continuing the same uh, same activity of drowning people's feedback with harassment from a position of authority repeatedly and suppressing calls to Frontier to rein in the moderation team, including deleting threads within minutes of being posted when no rules have even been broken. After noticing yesterday a thread of interest uh, where the same behavior was being exhibited that I wasn't personally participating in, I, I decided to finally speak up and went to the appropriate forum uh, to disclose this. And I made a suggestion uh, for a rule of disassociation so moderators would participate in discussions on personal accounts and moderate on dedicated Frontier provided moderation accounts separating those duties. Um, and basically uh, requested that they be uh, prohibited from disclosing their position as a moderator. The goal being to allow forum participants to discuss things without the feeling of being imposed upon by the opinion of the moderator team. Uh, and the thread that I posted in this was uh, made by somebody else that happened to be requesting the same thing. And I kind of necroed it, and then it was locked uh, by a moderator uh, after uh, one moderator post, and then they preemptively locked it with no reasoning. So I call out to Frontier to consider the fact that if the volunteer moderators are this comfortable harassing your users and drowning them out and literally silencing them uh, when discourse is legitimate, polite, and reasoned without violating any forum rules, then what other harassment issues have or could potentially arise? Is this risk Frontier, a publicly traded company, is willing to continue to expose itself for? To, rather. Hmm. So I've had some interactions with regard to the forums and i've seen some interactions with regard to the forums that i found interesting um uh, when i first started the sort of turning the wheel initiative thread there was a moderator in that thread who basically posted with you know with the purple tag you know like oh this won't work or something this something to that effect and i just flat out responded like okay is that do you have some information from Frontier that is definitive on this matter, because if so, please share it. If not, you're just another person giving your opinion. You're just another commander. I'm not impressed by the purple tag. If, if, if somebody's doing something wrong, then absolutely step in and do your job with the purple tag. But over and above that, you're just another commander with another opinion. I don't give it any more or less weight than anyone else. I, I, I judge it based on the merits of what's being said, not by, you know, the purple tag. So I. I agree. In a lot of games I look around at and you'll see things where uh, people will have their account, their personal account, where they can say whatever they want and they're free to give their opinion. Hey, man, I don't think this project's going to work because, you know, reasons, whatever. And that's your personal opinion. And that's completely valid. But you then would when you're doing stuff with the purple tag, the important tag that, you know, hey, everybody listen to me. What I say is whatever. I think that that should sort of be limited to rules like when you're actually adjudicating this person violated this rule so i'm getting involved to do what i'm supposed to do which is maintain order in the forums um so i mean that's just my personal opinion i've seen i saw a moderator tell drew wagar in in that same thread in my turning the wheel thread 
Drew stepped in and said, yeah, this seems like, or no, no, it wasn't the turning the wheel thread, I'm sorry. It was the thread where I asked for Frontier to bring back Galnet and, and stuff. And in that thread, Drew was like, yeah, this is a shame that all of this is going to waste. And that moderator jumped in and said, I don't think you should really be saying anything in this thread. It's a conflict of interest because you make money or have made money from writing stories for Frontier, which I just thought was completely bogus because like, A, he's not currently employed at Frontier. He did some contract work at one point for them in the past, which is all concluded. And B, he purchased the game just like anybody else. He's got a right to have an opinion. If he was saying something out of line that violated an NBA or it was in some way inappropriate, that's one thing. But the guy's got a right to have an opinion, right? Absolutely. And and I think that's the, the main issue that I have is it's not so much sharing the opinion. I am perfectly fine with that. It's when you look through a thread where somebody has proposed something and, and they genuinely have the best interest of the game at heart and every two posts you see moderators just shutting everything down and talking to people like they shouldn't be saying anything on the topic it, it's it's disheartening and i think it discourages positive uh communication on what people want from the game hmm. well we'll have to see what people you know how frontier deals with it i mean right now frontier has got their hands full of a lot of stuff so this is gonna be a, a tough nut to crack as far as getting somebody to divert attention from the very very high level stuff that they're dealing with right now to dealing with that but i do i do absolutely believe that there is at least a potential for it to be a good idea for frontier to look into this does anybody else have anything they want to add oh here we go we got roy uh yeah i was just going to say this is the for a company that's grown from a kickstarter beginning to now they're a big enterprise and they're as a developer hosting other people's games this is maybe the kind of thing that gets overlooked when everyone gets busy and then bites them in the butt because someone misbehaved that wasn't actually an employee but was representing the company like this is this feels like a breeding ground for things that could you know create behaviors that um if this was a formal part of the community management team which has proven itself recently to be extremely professional and engaging and awesome uh if this is something where there's some pseudo they're not employees but they're pseudo representatives of the company that are not performing to the same standard it could just cause problems for them and it's probably worth them taking a look at it and seeing if this has come along in the same way that the rest of the company has grown is be my opinion yeah interesting i mean for the record i don't know of any allegations of any behavior like that i i don't personally know of it i just the only observation i made is I feel like it would be a strong practice, a stronger practice for Frontiers forum moderation to be handled in such a way that we separate rule adjudication and the purple tag from recreational opinions of just another commander, in which case it, I don't think it should carry that purple tag, but that's just, you know, whatever. That's just my, uh, my observation. And, Frontier obviously is a big company and they've got lots of concerns and interests and they're going to have to weigh out what what makes the most sense to them. Yeah, can I can I just say that um, you do need to bear in mind that um, the moderators on the forum are volunteers. They are players, essentially. 
Um, they're probably doing the best they can. They have, I think, Paul Crowther, is it? Um, who oversees them. The guy who used to oversee the Frontier Forums uh, left not that long ago. Um, I think he was an American chap, I've forgotten his name. Um, my experience off the Frontier Forums has actually been pretty positive. The, um, the, the moderators sort of make it quite clear, or have in the past made it quite clear when they're taking their moderator hat off and uh, commenting as a as a person that may not happen all the time but um but you know they 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 do their best it's not a not particularly easy job because they have an awful lot of saltiness going on there and they need to try and keep that in check um i obviously can't comment on these individual cases because i haven't really been involved in them but you know let me me ask you taking into account what you just said while there's been Mm-hmm. Do you think that it might be helpful for them as well as Frontier, as well as the community, if they had an opportunity to more clearly delineate their personal opinions from their adjudication by having their purple tag when they're adjudicating and a regular commander tag for their persona, for their for their uh, you know personal persona when they're giving their opinions? Do you think that that would help them? Perhaps. Um... Generally speaking, um, each each of the moderators have their own part of the forum, and um, they won't comment on the bits of the forum that they moderate for the most part. Or if or if they do, they should they should make it clear that um, that that they are doing so as a, as an individual. Um, I think I think that is a, a rule within their guidelines, but I I I can't I can't sort of I can't say if they they necessarily do that all the time. Um, at the moment, their access to the account is simply their their own personal logins. Mm. So, so their login gets assigned a role, mm-hmm. and that's what you can see uh, with, with, with this purple tag. Um, and I, I imagine if you take it off, that it would untag all the posts that they've made. So, maybe if they were to have some special ability to tick a box and it would delineate whether or yeah. not speaking as their personal commander persona or speaking as their moderator persona. i think I, I think it's 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 important sort of when when highlighting a problem to highlight the problem rather than invent potential solutions <clears throat> if, if if the problem is that it's sometimes hard to see whether a moderator is talking as as a player or as a moderator then that's something to flag to frontier and then you know Frontier should be able to, if, if, if Frontier takes it seriously, if Frontier thinks it's a problem, then they should be able to come up with a solution. That, that, I mean, that's a good suggestion that you could have two accounts, for example. Um, but there may be other solutions as well that they can they can do within the software. Well, I think this counts as Arson uh, yeah. highlighting that for Frontier. And Indeed, so. I would I would love to see. There's a lot of comments in the in the comment section of the chat in the live chat going on right now. I'd love to see people share their, you know, expressions, share their opinions with regard. They could do it on the commentary section of this video. They could do it on the Frontier forums. They could do it on Facebook or Reddit. They could do it in our Discord. Uh, Get involved if you feel like, hey, man, these guys are doing a great job. I don't know what you're talking about. Say that. If you feel like, hey, I've seen this problem or that problem, say that. Let us know what you think. All right. Let's move this along. We've got, next up, the Anti-Xeno Initiative has announced Alert Level Yellow. Alert Level Yellow. As of last night, Thargoid non-human signal sources have begun appearing in the Colsac Nebula region. 
currently these appear to be the same as the Pleiades and Witchhead Nebula. However, the NHSS eight solo hydro instances are included. And interestingly enough, they are now missing from the Witchhead Nebula. We'll have to look into what that means. They uh, alert their commanders to be aware for Thargoid activity. And uh, Arson, why don't you pop that video on? We have actual uh, information of a, a new Thargoid on a station. Pull that up, Arson. Take a look on the screen there. This is a video that comes to us. Uh, let's see here. Special from Special Katana. The following video feed has received from Security Drone 16 at Titan City Starport in the Soul System. <laughs> so for those listening on the podcast uh, and you're not seeing the screen, there is a link in the show notes. This guy did a very cool video where he put in one of the uh, from Babylon 5. Who are those guys? The the shadows. He put in one of their ships attacking a station. I just thought it was a real funny, uh, funny little little video. Um, all right. But the, the anti-Xeno initiative uh, alert level yellow is real. That's something that they've called out for. Next up, we've got the PC Gamer uh, exclusive. Um, first look into the further Odyssey details. This is from issue 351 that went uh, hit newsstands on Thursday, November 12th. Uh, Reddit posted it early by a subscriber, Commander Dinbar. Um, we've got links in the show notes to the Imgur account and the uh, Reddit thread that discusses all of this. I want to give a huge shout out and salute to Stuart GT, who has uh, made sure that the sort of community is aware of this, as well as some other things, which we're going to get to in a little bit. Uh, they talk about things like the fact that the suit shields draw more energy, so players will need to think about when to deploy them. It's more of a tactical thing. It's not like your sort of shield on your ship that you keep on 24-7. You're going to need to turn it on and off in, in those times where it's appropriate so that you can sort of maintain your energy levels in your suit. They confirm that there will be combat in settlements that will be allowed. They talked about a potential, uh, a, a type of mission that we will be seeing in the future, which is things like restarting the power to a deserted settlement. And they said you might be a little surprised to show up and not find any enemies there to clear out. So you get there and you turn on the generator. And when you start up the generator, a bunch of marauders start to appear. And you have to, at that point, either fight or sneak around to, you know, advantageous positions to accomplish a mission or just run away deal with it however you need to deal with it they talk about the fact that the fps combat will be tactical in nature it will be on the spectrum between arma which is super slow and and clunky and tactical and very 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 sort of uh minute control uh, and and call of duty which is way more sort of fast-paced run around hoorah shoot stuff in the face so they're saying that they're going to be in the spectrum sort of between the two. Uh, they're looking to sort of be leaning away from arcade style sort of fast twitch stuff. They're going to be, they don't want it to be slow, but they don't want it to be, you know, fast twitch. They talk about the fact that there's going to be various weapon types, including lasers, which will do thermal damage. So that will be good versus shield, just like your ship. Uh, bullets, you know, kinetic damage, which would be good versus armor. They didn't talk about other types of weapons, but we'll presumably be seeing some in the future. 
they talk about the fact that suits will each have a limiter on weapons and tools carried. Tactical or combat suits uh, will grant plus one weapon, but have some tool capacity lowering compared to the others. Now, all we know of now is the Dyson plant gun, but the, the whatever genetic multi-sampler, flora sampler, whatever. But clearly, there are more tools, or that statement makes absolutely no sense. We know that for scavenging, there's going to be locks that we have to overcome. So, presumably, some form of a lock pick or scavenging tools, multi tools, what have you. Maybe on foot mining tools. We have no idea on if that is a gameplay loop that will be coming or not. Um, weapons will have different draw speeds and time to look down the sights, making pistols advantageous for close quarters combat while rifles are better for extended, you know, at-range combat. Uh, they talk about the fact that combat on foot and in ships are not separated, and you can engage in joint mix combat. They, this is a direct quote from the article. We don't want to separate the two systems, says Jackson. So if players are in ships, they'll be able to fly over settlements and shoot at players below, and they will in turn be able to shoot back at them. Now, this to me brings to mind the question what exactly what exact type of weaponry would i have on foot that would allow me to meaningfully shoot back at an armed and shielded starship that is definitely something that's got me wondering like what the hell are you guys adding in here that that's even a relevant thing to mention but we'll see players will be physically start players will be able to physically board other players ship acting as non telepresence multi-crew and also be transported around this is again uh, an exact quote with regard to the physical multi-crew here we go we're also facilitating physical multi-crew here so where if you are a part of someone's wing you will be able to board their ship and if they allow you to they can fly you from one location to another. Now, this explicitly states that there will be a mixing of wing and multi-crew, and that hints at the long-speculated and called-for complete rework of wing multi-crew systems. You know, we've had all kinds of issues with regard to you can't wing and multi-crew, you can't SRV, you know, with multi-crew, you can't do this, you can't do that literally what he says in the article is if a player is in your wing you can multi-crew them that right there says that they did some rework of all of that and you know right now it's just speculating to what to what sort of level that that or nature that is but it's definitely something in there now there's plenty more content with regard to this so go pick up a copy at newsstands today if you can i personally went to 18 different locations today looking for it and cannot find it anywhere. It used to be easy to buy magazines. Uh, uh, one of the guys at a big newsstand that I worked at, or not worked at, stopped at, that he worked there, I asked him and he said, no man, gamers just buy everything online. So we stopped carrying all that stuff because nobody was ever buying it. They were just going online. So if you can find it, enjoy it. I will tell you, Down to Earth has a video on the subject, which we have linked in the show notes. Burr has a video on Witch Face News linked in the show notes. And uh, Obsidian Ant as well. All three of them, excellent. 
let's start going through this here and deal with people's questions or comments. Arson, you're up first. Yeah, so the whole concept of physical multi-crew and that statement on wings, I think that was my biggest latch on there. Um, I'm super, super excited about that. There's so many implications. You know, did they change the way the networking works? You know, what happens if you log off and somebody's on your ship? Do they still have the ability to play? Can you leave your ship while somebody is physically multi-crewed on your ship? Because one of the things that I've always wanted to do is be able to haul somebody around I'm teaching how to play and actually get out of the ship in my SRV. Can I do that now, Odyssey? Like, and maybe leave a guest in the gunner seat with the long range, high velocity, high explosive cannon, you know, three kilometers up while I disembark in a fighter uh, and strafe things while they bombard it. Like, there's all kinds of really awesome gameplay opportunities that uh, we might be able to get if those reworks are coming the way we think. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm definitely excited because this sort of is one of the big things that I've been looking for. I want multi-crew fix. Multi-crew and wing just, and, and SRVs, all of that. It's been let's just say suboptimal. And I would really, really love for that and instancing to sort of become stronger uh, as it as it goes along. Um, so why don't we go to Roy next? What's your opinions on this? We're just basically dropping this in as a discussion topic right now. Yeah, I, I really keyed in on the, what is the, the gunplay speed, the, the FPS style gonna be? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh I'm not a huge FPS player. I've dabbled in a lot of them. The one that, um, in my mind, was really of most interest to me as far as gunplay was actually Destiny. With its, there's a subjectively different feel in that game of um, how the guns fire and the. What really keyed me in in the description from this article was about focusing on um, uh, the time it takes to take it out of the holster and the APS uh, aim, or aiming down sights speed um and if they make those variables of the different weapons that suggests to me a level of granularity that's a bit more than let's say uh mass effect level gunplay um and i'm, I'm really curious I, I think we talked about this several episodes back of like how high are they aiming here uh, no pun intended like I, I, maybe they're looking to really do something interesting in the genre versus just a me too kind of kind of F fps uh uh you know uh, object within the game so I'm, I'm really excited about that well let's keep in mind that this is not a fly-by-night hey look fortnite's doing well hey look star citizen made a lot of money let's add footy stuff like they this was stuff that was intended and planned and being thought of in like thoughtfully and meaningfully from the Kickstarter. This was stuff that was always meant to come along and is in the process. Hmm. So let's go to Tweak, get your opinions on this. Well, all of this stuff, what what really caught my eye first was the, the, the physical multi-crew, just the ability to invite somebody onto my ship. Fly. For example, Opix gets a new recruit instead of that new recruit jumping a sidewinder all the way to Opix base. I can fly my crate phantom out there quick, like meet him at the bar, say hop in and then fly him home. That sounds really cool to me. But the other things that really caught my eye was the 
the obvious sign that we're going to have indoor gunplay in settlements and whatnot, and inside stations maybe even. The the talk that they did about the uh, the, the pull, the, the the draw of the weapons, how the, the pistols you'll be able to draw faster than the, the, the rifles. The other thing was that one picture of the, the rifle that was like uh, cracked open, like you're reloading it or, or cleaning it or whatever you were doing. Yeah, I, yeah, the shotgun looking thing. I really think there's going to be a high level of detail with these weapons that we're going to have to maintain and everything. I am, after seeing just this little tidbit, I am super excited for the combat and Odyssey. Indoor combat, outdoor combat, combat everywhere. I love what I'm seeing. Beautiful. Beetlejuke, you're up next. What are your thoughts? Oh, I literally just sat down with a piece of cheese. <laughs> I'm back, though. I am in the chair, and I do have one gin, not two. Beautiful. Well, Sorry. The PC Gamer article. What do you? What are you? What are you excited by? What are you worried about? What do you think? What do you know? I, I'm just interested in atmospheres. I, I'm not too worried about FPS because I'm absolutely rubbish at it. Mm. I I like I like the idea of wrestling my ship down onto a planet through the atmosphere. I like seeing. I want to see the. I quite like Sea of Thieves as a game because of the, the, the atmospheric effects that they put in. I want to mm. see that from inside. I don't mind seeing a bit of nebula, but I want to be able to be within the aurora, pass through it. I want to see clouds moving in front of me. I, you know, I want to try and experience the difference between what it would be like with, say, landing on something with which has got heavy gravity and thin clouds, or... A, a very small pebble you know I, 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 that's that's the important thing for me I mean yeah yeah feet and all that but I I, I sit in a chair every evening mm. on my bum eating cheese I, I, walking's <laughs> not the big I am for me I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with my spaceship so you must be uh, similarly interested in not just the, the you know atmosphere stuff but also the, the planetary tech making the hills and the valleys and the, all of that look more beautiful and interesting and realistic oh yeah that, that, that no man's sky type base building stuff I, I do enjoy it I've got no man's sky I think it's great I like all that stuff I think I think probably it would be like a mini game wouldn't it it would be a different part you'd have to be in the mood to do that for a bit mm. it's just a different game Watherspoon, what are your thoughts on this interview, this article, rather? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would certainly agree that it is going to be a completely different game in the sense that um, the, the the existing gameplay will still be there. It'll still work in much the same way. Um, you can opt into this if you want to. Um, and, and I think most people will, because uh, there's going to be some interesting stuff going on here. Um, I, I, again, I'm not sort of particularly sure if I want to go around shooting people um, a great deal. That sounds kind of it might it might be fun, um, but I'll, I'll I'll wait and see. One of the things I'm sort of forgive me. Um, one of the things I'm quite interested to know is if there are going to be any uh, planets with thin atmospheres that have really high Gs, because at the moment I think the highest highest one we've got is about eleven and a half uh, gravities. Um, if um, if we could if we could find find one that's twenty G and try and land on that, that would be fun. Um, as as far as the um, on fruit gameplay is concerned, I, mean, I think, if I understand correctly, it's going to be quite well segregated. So, for example, a planetary outpost uh, will be a no-fire zone. You go, you leave that and you go to a settlement. The settlements are kind of it's a place where things happen, as opposed to a place where you 
get asked to do things. So instead of being given missions, you are going out and you're achieving the mission or you're scavenging or doing whatever it is you do. Scavenging sounds interesting. It, it sounds to me like that might be one of the more complete mechanics they're building. Um, one, of, one of the things that I think is going to be quite interesting about this is that they're not going to have placeholder mechanics. Uh, or at least as, as, as I understand it, they're not going to have placeholder mechanics like they do in the actual game that we have at the moment. There are certain parts of the game that we have that are click a button and something happens and you know it, it really feels like at some point they're going to go back and fill in that missing bit but everything we've heard of so far about odyssey it sounds like it's going to be a complete playable playable game without gaps like that um so so um yeah i mean i mean sort of <laughs> it, it 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 sounds good so far but it is um, this, this, this latest PC gamer, which, by the way, you can get from Amazon for uh, £2.99 um, um, uh, as, as a Kindle download. So um, I guess anyone can get that. Glorying um, in your Kindle. Glorying in my Kindle, indeed. Yes. I love mine. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so it, it is just an article at the moment. Um, I, I, I really don't believe stuff until I've seen the game played. So it's exciting, but but we have some way to go. All right, so everybody's had their comment on this. Now I'm going to do a quick pass through because people have posted like, oh, I got a thing on this and that, but we're going to make it brief because you've already had your say. Arson, you had a thing on handheld guns attacking ships. Yeah, I just wanted to highlight uh, Wintermute's comment of, you know, us not really being able to carry anything that uh, is capable of outputting uh, enough damage because, yeah. you know, multi-damage, uh, multi-megajoule shields. Like, do we have those kind of power supplies? But maybe we'll have uh, some super pin phasing sequence rail guns that are handheld. Sounds a little Give OP, me but max. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And tweaked. You had a point. Yeah, I was going to attack the same point. I, I would contend that we don't know all the weapons that we're going to get yet. We could, for all we know, have a ground-based cannon that we could get out of our new SRV or something, and it could be an ion cannon. If the ships are low enough in atmosphere to shoot at players on foot, then a weapon like that, like an ion cannon, could hit a ship, knock its power out, and then you could hit it with some other things. I think there's imagine, definitely things in play here. Imagine hopping onto a turret of uh, at a settlement or whatever, and now you've got some that are like the station type cannon, some big heavy turret that you're in and you're, you're taking out a ship or whatever. Roy, you had a thing. Well, I, you know, one of my primary modes is exploration and, and uh, I often wonder like how much can, how much content can they put into the areas that are tens, hundreds, thousands of light years from the bubble. And when I see stories about abandoned settlements, it seems to encourage that you could have some things outside the bubble worth investigating but i'm just curious if this is sort of now there's going to be the bubble and like another level of i don't know what to call it but it's the expanded bubble where here's where you can also find missions for things that were people trying to get out of the bubble and you know that generates these stories or if you might find stuff that's three thousand light years away that's a, a mission who knows it's, i'm curious about that interesting all right next up we've got a hot scoop on the next dev diary all right so We've been told that Dev Diary 3 has been pushed back till December, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But right off the bat, let's look at the Dev Diaries we've had so far. So first up, we had one giant leap. And one giant leap, uh, you know, was 
interesting with planetary tech, all of that. Then we had Dev Diary 2, which is Forge Your Own Path. Now, Arson just threw up on the screen. If you go to the official EliteDangerous.com forward slash Odyssey site and you scroll down a little bit, you get to a sort of uh, picture there, an image where it shows it's, it's segregated into quarters and they show one giant leap on the top left. Where have I heard that before? They show four drone path in the top right. And the bottom left is assemble your crew. And the bottom right is the sphere of combat. I contend that what we're gonna get as Dev Diary 3 in December is assemble your crew. Now let's look at what it says there. It says, social hubs spread throughout the galaxy. Give commanders the ideal place to plan their next move. Form alliances, procure services, and even find expert support in highly coveted engineers. These public outposts also help you acquire and upgrade weapons and gear to perfect your playing style. So, yeah, I think Dev Diary Theory that we're going to get in December is going to be sort of, uh, you know, is going to be that. And I think that. It's, I find it interesting. It goes along with the idea of the, that was talked in this PC Gamer article about physical multi-crude. Um, it, it, it talks, you know, it, it goes with, I, I think we're getting a little bit of bleed through again from Beetlejuice. Um, I think we're what we're going to see here is uh, form alliances. I, I'm thinking is going to be, you know, how players can work together on things procure services i think that's along the lines of hiring sort of now it could be hiring other commanders but i think you're probably going to see some mechanism for hiring npcs to help accomplish certain tasks um and find experts uh support in highly coveted engineers they've already said there's going to be engineers new engineers with regard to you know the game added in odyssey It'll be, we, we don't know yet if those engineers are just for the suits uh, or if they're for the suits and the guns or if they're for the suits and the guns and the SRVs or if they are in fact for suits, guns, SRVs and ships. We might have, for all we know, some new engineering with regard to existing gameplay loops. We None of this has been sort of decided yet. This is all still up in the air. Um, and then Dev Diary 4, which presumably would be coming, I guess, in January now, we're thinking, I don't know, uh, is the Sphere of Combat. And the, the what it says for that is, experience intense first-person combat, kit out your character with an array of weapons and gear, and coordinate with teammates to master a multi-layered, deep tactical environment where commanders, SRVs, and starships converge. Now, I contend that Obviously, this is going to show us more stuff about the suit and the weapons and get into the actual mechanics of the FPS. We're going to get to see how stuff works and, and figure stuff from there. I think if they're going to add new SRVs, that's where we're going to see it. Um, so, yeah. What do you guys think in the chat? What do you think is uh, uh, about this, about the fact that, you know, it very much seems like this this assemble your crew and the sphere of combat might be the next two uh dev diaries and we might be getting two more and that's you know and then launch or what have you uh roy 
hop in with your thoughts. Uh, yeah, this is, I think, like a forehead slap moment. Like, this is so obvious <laughs> after you see it, after you've mentioned it. Um, why not, right? The, the, the first two titles exactly match the, the previous two dev diaries. Um, uh, maybe they didn't intend to reveal it this way, but it seems pretty, pretty true. Hmm. Arson, what do you think? I, I have to say the same thing. It, it's it's so cut and dry. Uh, it, it's it's there. <laughs> All right, tweaked. Hop in on this. Yeah, this is just, like it. It is. It's almost too good to be true here. It's almost so obvious that it can't be true to me. Mm. <laughs> okay, tweaked is putting on his tinfoil hat and saying it makes too much sense. Therefore, it's wrong. Wallace, <laughs> your thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think um, if I remember correctly, was it Stuart GT who pointed that out well, uh, not that long ago? And and yes, it was it was kind of a bit of a duh moment. Yes, of course, of course, that's what that's what what's going to happen in terms of in terms of sort of the names. The thing is that the, the names of the episodes don't necessarily particularly uh, describe the content. Um, I think they stretched it a little because one giant leap, basically, they kept hitting the point. It's your Neil Armstrong moment, your Neil Armstrong moment. And Neil Armstrong made the, the quote that was yeah. famously misquoted where he said, one small step for a man, one giant yes. leap for mankind. And, yeah. and I think that was the stretch there. Forge your own path. Uh, yeah, it didn't really, it, considering a lot of the stuff seem to be about like hey here's what the inside of stations and settlements look like i don't see where yeah i i, 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 I know where i know where that came from it's it's because they were saying you have the choice you have the yeah. choice of continuing to play the way you are at the moment or you can play entirely on foot or you can do a mix of both that's your for forge your own path options i get it but it considering that is one very small aspect it's, it yeah. does seem like both of those were sort of shoehorned in um, but assemble your crew. If you look at the actual, you know, the text under it uh, for for assemble your crew, it does sort of seem to, that one seems to actually be more on the nose. It does, but I'll bet you when the video comes out, it shoehorns a whole lot of different stuff in there. Oh, I bet you for sure. Arson, you have a thought on this? Yeah, so for the, the forging your own path, just, just a reminder that they have told us that we're going to have... Uh, at least a amount of content that is going to be voice acted and we'll have the ability to make negotiations on foot and I would argue that both of those t two things are very much a forge your own path beyond the mechanics of choosing whether to play it or not fair enough fair enough yeah okay Beetlejuice, what do you think on uh, on on this do you think are you drinking the Kool-Aid do you think assemble your crew in the sphere of combat or the next two dev diaries uh, when the first one came out, I really liked the idea that the bubble was going to burn and this odyssey was going to be humanity leaving, potentially going to Colonia or just potentially just pegging it away as far as they could. But I'm thinking probably not now. I think you're just going to get to just get your feet down on a few planets. I think it'd be good, though. I hope the bubble does burn. be interesting. <laughs> I, I would... I would highly doubt that they're going to do that just because it seems like they're making this a, a big opportunity to onboard a whole bunch of new players, and that could be sort of difficult for them. And then there are many, many, many players for whom 
the BGS is their raison d'etre. That's what they play. That's how they play. And if you were to burn the bubble, that would sort of be shitting all over their sandcastle. Hey, but it would be really exciting for the beginner's area. You know, your first trip out to the beginner's area and you're suddenly confronted by Medusa. <laughs> okay, if you want to call it exciting, that's <laughs> But also, being, being in an elevator and hearing the cord snap is also exciting <laughs> for about eight or nine seconds, and, and then it's less so. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. But I mean, it's it's... I have heard of the the burn the bubble theory. Uh, I personally dig it as far as like, wow, that's a totally cool thing that I don't think that a game company will actually do. But like, it's it's good. cool. It's cool. All right. Next up, uh, and this is going to be another discussion topic. So make sure that you're you, you let us know what you think about all of that. Um, so next up is a little timeline question that I have for you. So here's here's the timeline I'm going to offer you. Horizons roll-in happened on October 27th. A PC Gamer article yesterday was, I, I think, a huge sort of sales pitch for Elite Dangerous and what's coming and why to be excited for it. Next week, the Epic Store is going to have the full game for free. Black Friday is coming up in two weeks where people get, you know big time into their Christmas shopping. The Christmas season is upon us. I'm thinking you put all of these things together, A plus B plus C plus D, etc. And it equals to me, pre-orders coming soon. And maybe those pre-orders granting access to a beta in December? We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But I, I feel like if you take, let's just deal with the pre-orders question. If you take the Horizons roll in, the game article, PC game article, huge, like I said, sales pitch, free accounts next week, and Black Friday just around the corner kicking off the Christmas season. It seems to me that this is the time to drop that pre-order. What do you guys think? Let's start with ours. Yeah, I, I think that sounds about right for the pre-order. Get it in there, especially since, uh, you know, they, they haven't told us any information about how much it's going to cost yet. Roy? I remember, uh, was it last week or the week before, you asked us to make predictions on timing. This feels pretty similar to what we talked about, and it's sort of lining up. So, yeah. Tweet. While, uh, was it Bruce that came out today and said that the price point has not been locked down for Odyssey just yet? Ooh, he even it hasn't been locked down. He said it hasn't been announced. I'm fairly sure uh, they I'm I, I would hope that they would know, but <laughs> but if even if it hasn't been announced yet, I would have to think the pre-orders. Uh, you'd think they'd want to start the pre-orders before long to start gauging whether there's going to be an overwhelming response to the servers or what kind of response they're going to get with this. And and the timeline just adds up with all of the stuff you just laid out with mid-December coming, Christmas time coming, and everything and. And yeah, with with the the stuff that they kind of hinted at in the stream the other day, I would have to almost believe for sure there's a pre-order coming within weeks. Wallerspoon, what do you think? This uh, timeline makes sense to you, or you you got some holes to poke in it? Well, pre-ordering isn't so much of an issue um, because they don't actually need to deliver anything to to a pre-order i'm interested to know um first firstly am i going to have to switch over to using steam for elite dangerous because at the moment i'm using the frontier launcher and at the moment there's no way of registering your pre-interest on the frontier launcher 
Um, secondly, I'm interested to know what sort of um, pre-order bonus there'll be. For, for pre-ordering Elite Dangerous, I got a free eagle and a couple of a couple of ship skins and a couple of decals. I suspect it'll be something a bit different um, this time around. Oh, and, and pre-ordering Horizons, <clears throat> excuse me, um, got you a uh, Cobra Mark IV, didn't it? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think they learned their lesson. I think they learned their lesson that the, the Cobra Mark IV, I don't think they want to, I don't think they intend to repeat that. I think that no. sort of bit them in the ass a little bit of... No, they've said that explicitly that they won't. Um, so so, so in, ter in terms of pre-orders, I mean, who knows? It could be any time. Um, but um, in in terms of release of the game, at the moment, if, if they're pushing back the dev diaries, I think they're pushing back the release of the game as well. Hmm. All right. Beetlejude, what do you think? Does this timeline make sense to you, or do you uh, do you have an alternate theory? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming that they've had such kickback from previously delaying timelines, and, and you've seen all the the thorough hate for people that delay games. So I'm assuming they're going to keep with it, even if they release it slightly pared down. So yeah, pre-orders could come soon. I probably will. I got a free go. <laughs> I, I, I liked it. I sold it. I shouldn't have sold it. I liked it. It was mm. all right. Um, yeah, no, it's all good. I'll probably buy it next week for free. Because because I've not got I've not got enough copies, obviously. You need one, a spare one, a burner account, don't you, to do terrible, terrible things. Yes. <laughs> yeah, ganker. Well, evil I... doings where I could undermine everything that was Boone does. Well, we're going to hop into the frontier news in which I, uh, we're, we're bringing that up as a subject. And I, I have uh, my argument for what I'm going to do with my character and we'll, we'll see what other people think. Uh, all right. So that brings us to frontier news right off the bat. We've got store alert number 98, the Viper predator and Orca emissary paint jobs are out. So go and get them if that excites you. Uh, and then the very next subject is the Epic Game Store free Elite November 19th through the 26th. Now, we've got a link in the show notes. You can go to the Epic Store. This is basically a loss leader thing that the Epic Store does. They constantly give out every every week. They're giving out new free games and they pay the company. They make some kind of a deal. I'm sure they get a price, but they do pay Frontier for it. It's not like you're just getting something for or absolutely nothing. Uh, Epic is burning through that Epic money and handing out because they want to grow their platform. They want to attack Steam. Um, now, there's clearly people that don't like Epic for whatever reasons they have. There's people that don't like Epic because the launcher is a bit clunky in their opinion or whatever. But I would point out to you that this is something or nothing. I personally absolutely am going to be getting it. I'm curious to see how many people create multiple Epic accounts with different emails and get multiple free commanders. Um, but me personally, here's what I'm going to do with my commander. I am going to play him for about 20 hours of game time, and I'm going to name him something along the lines of search and rescue. And I'm going to park him on my fleet carrier so that when the turn the wheel initiative is done and I am where I want to be out in the black 30,000 light years away from anyone. If I run into some weird situation, I'm able to fuel wrap myself from two jumps away on my fleet carrier. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with Roy and then Arson and then Tweaked 
and then Beetlejuice and Watherspoon. We're going to pass it from one to the next. What do you think about this? And what do you want to do with your free character if you intend to get one? Start it off, Roy, and pass it along. I uh, I think it's interesting that, I mean, regardless of what you think of Epic, having a third way to launch the game means potentially you could have three different versions running simultaneously. I, I've got, and it sounds like maybe Weatherspawn, you have the same thing, uh, running from the, the FDEV launcher. I've, I'm running from like the original DVD, so I can run, in the past when the carrier beta was on, I was able to run the carrier beta off of a Steam account simultaneously with the uh, the FDEV launcher. And I guess with, a, with an Epic launcher, I could actually run three at a time if I had a desire to uh, multi-crew my own ship. Um, so I, I think from aside from aside from the fact that it's awesome, it's a free copy. It's interesting that now there's technologically a third way to to launch the game. Uh, let's go to Tweaked. Yeah, on Xbox you can actually do this already just by having a family account and like signing in through my daughter or something. The problem I have with an alt account is I barely have the time I want to devote to my main account. I'd be I'd be mm. wasting my time on an alt account, really. I mean, I can see the advantage to having one. For example, right now I'm in Colonia, but I really, really would like to take part in this CG and get that uh, grade five double engineered FSD that they're giving away. That being said, I just don't have the time. I'd be grinding mats for my alt, wishing that I had those mats for my main character, really. But anybody on PC, this is a great opportunity to do it. The other thing I would add real quick is if i were to start an alt i probably personally would wait until odyssey drops and try to play strictly from the ground for a little while and see what mm. that's like well there's nothing mm. stopping you from getting it for free and then just holding it and waiting and doing just that apart from the fact that you'll need to buy odyssey of course well yes there's that oh that's a done deal yeah who's up next uh arson i think yeah, I, I will definitely be getting into it. I think it'll be either my fifth or sixth alt account. Uh, no, I have not had the time to grind any but the one. Uh, but I, I do love the idea that I can uh, transfer credits to it from my mains fleet carrier. Um, and I love Tweak's idea of using that alt account as a let's go play the game from the perspective of starting fresh in Odyssey with this free alt account and mm -hmm. I, I've got to say I am so excited about that because I did the same thing with Horizons with one of my other PC alt accounts and uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit I cannot wait to do that with Odyssey I think it's going to be amazing alright uh, Beetlejude what do you think oh I'll um, yeah no I'll get it I'll enjoy it I will probably use it as a spare I've got the epic game launcher anyway because I've got an epic game or two I think um, I'm not sure I can multi-box, though. I, I can barely play one at once, so I, I wouldn't want to do more than one. Mm. I don't see the reason anyway. I know that people do stuff to do weird stuff, but I think, you know, I, it's quite nice to have the opportunity to do one thing. Like, I could mine with one of my accounts and just, and, and, and just leave it there. Or, you know, there's loads of stuff you could do. It, it's quite a nice little idea, and if it's free, it's free. That's all good. <laughs> I mean, you know... Who doesn't like free stuff? For sure. And Watherspoon, bring us home with this one. Yeah, well, I went on Distant Worlds and 
then I went on Distant Worlds 2. And those two events together had me out of the bubble for over two years. So I do have an alt account. I have an alt account because I want to take part in multiplayer activities, not just as multi-crew. I want to actually be able to have a ship there. Um, it also means that I can I can sort of take video um, for Galnet Digest, um, and I can record sound for Sagittarius Eye magazine um, from places which are relevant to the stories, um, because I can keep my alt somewhere where, um, well, basically where where where. You know, like the Empire and the Federation, and so on. I can be in Colonia. I can be at Beagle Point with my real account, and the alt is is back in the bubble. Um, I will, I will. Oh, yeah, of course. I will. Oh, oh, who wouldn't um, get a get a third account? Um, if nothing else, it'll give me a chance to experience the starter systems, because of course, um, I think all of us probably. Um, probably had, had progressed beyond that, that that stage by the time the starter systems existed. Mm. So it's, it's a part of the game I've never seen. So that'll Good. be kind of nice. Beautiful. Next up, we've got the streams. Uh, Tuesday's Super Cruise News uh, number 12 with Stephen and Bruce. It was in two parts, as all of the Frontier streams seems to be now. They, they go a minute or two, crash, and then come back up and go for the rest of the hour and a half. Um, they gave away six paint jobs. They uh, um, talked about the fact that they're pushing the time back on the Tuesday streams a little bit. They're going to be pushing them back a little later. And uh, yeah, they had a, had a good stream. Um, Thursday's stream was Fight or Flight TQC, which was a, uh, uh, a stream of Art and Bruce, again, in two parts. They talked about the new CG in the Colsat Nebula. Uh, they talked about the fact that, you know, the Epic Store is going to have Elite Free. They stated, Art stated specifically, that Dev Diary 3 is delayed now until December. Uh, it was filmed, but needs reshoots or some bits of it, uh, whatever. And between lockdown and another reason, they're a little bit delayed. I'm going to have Arson play that in just a moment. But first, I want to give you an exact quote of what Art said next. He said, we're working on something else, which is a priority, which I'm sure you will like just as much, if not more. Now, this to me screams beta. It could be a couple other things. Let's look at it. It could be basically what to me would be that big. You've got number one, massive invasion of the Thargoids coming back with big ships. They're going all hard at it. Number two, it could be, okay, we've given you the teaser trailer. Now we're gonna give you the full details trailer of Odyssey. Or it could be number three, which is beta of things that are happening in December, I can't think of anything other than those three things, which we would be, we as a, as a whole, would be as excited for as the next Dev Diary. Uh, go ahead and Arson, play that, and then we'll come back and have everybody hop in with their thoughts on it. Also saw some questions in there about um, uh, the next Dev Diary. Uh, I always say, every time on this, I'm always honest with everybody. Um, obviously, we've had 
lockdown, not in lockdown, back in lockdown. Dev Diary has been filmed. We've had to reschedule some parts of it because of the current situation. It is coming. It is running a little bit late. I do apologise. We are expecting it. And it will be December now, unfortunately, just because we are working on something else. So that's what I will say about that. We're working on something else, which is priority. Um, and I'm sure you'll like just as much, if not a bit more. Um, so Dev Diary is coming, but we'll be in, in December. Um, so I'm sorry if it's going to be a bit late. We will have some other stuff to share with you soon. Um, for that one. Uh, All right. So let's start off with Tweaked. What would you like just as much, if not more, than Dev Diary 3? That could be uh, happening in December. The beta. That is it. There is nothing. A, 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 an Odyssey trailer wouldn't get me more excited than the next Dev Diary. Uh, Thargoids burning the bubble or attacking the bubble would not get me more excited than the next Dev Diary. The only thing that would get me more excited than the next Dev Diary would be a beta. And that to me would time up with the, 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 the timeline of a possible pre-order and there's your reward for pre-ordering. You buy into the pre-order, you can get into the beta, test out everything and and yeah sign me up i'm in That's, that seems like a very strong motivator to pre-order want to see the new toys first roy hop in on this i'm i'm kind of reflecting on weatherspoon's comment a second ago about you know maybe the delay of of dev 3 is is uh indicative that maybe the release might and maybe the whole schedule is slid a little bit Possible. Possible. um I'm I'm thinking, you know, for for it to be something more interesting than Dev Diary three, maybe there's something from a narrative standpoint with this two-year plan they've got of CGs and everything else that has to happen before Odyssey, um, that that they have to squeeze in. And I, I'm I don't I can't put my finger on it, but it feels like if the way he talked about it, it sounds like something. They're, they're having to do something out of sequence or earlier or like it suggested to me like they're having to do something that's not what they planned so I'm, I'm a little confused by that but i think it's a major narrative event that has to happen uh before before they launch the new game Watherspoon, what would you want more than dev diary 3 or just as much well thinking from a point of view of frontier they have two separate teams they have a team that's developing odyssey and they have a team that's doing the live game um Anything that they do in the live game isn't going to affect the release of Odyssey, or certainly not the beta of, of Odyssey, um, which I think I think means that <clears throat> all they can be talking about is uh, <clears throat> are, are either more um, video content or some sort of demonstration of the game, be it a sort of playthrough or be it a, a, a beta that we can actually participate in ourselves. I, I, I really I really don't see the um the the, the storyline that's in the game at the moment making a huge difference to when they can start the beta for odyssey unless you know they're they're going to they're going to release a whole new sort of raft of aliens on us that will appear in the beta and they want to explain them to us before the beta starts that's the only that's the only reasoning i could think of Beetlejuice, you're up. What do you think? It, what do you want just as much, if not more, than the Dev Diary and three? And what do you think we're getting in December that's going to be so special? They've 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 said there's stuff we've not found. Like there's there's aliens out there, aren't there? I mean, they might release a little bit more about the Guardians. 
that they've already got written. They might have already written stuff that we've just not found. They might just poke us towards it a bit better. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> you know that some of this stuff probably has been a little bit random. People have found this stuff. Like, you know, when they found Colonia, it was was purely somebody having a fish around, wasn't it? So you never know. There might be something out there that they've already got written that's already ready to go that we've just not we've just not found yet that they might just kind of like pokers at so that they've not got to like beat their heads with the kipper whilst they're busy doing the odyssey i mean I'm, whatever i'm happy with odyssey as it's I, i'll i'll watch the dev diaries when they come i'm easy going i don't mind right on arson what do you want as much as dev diary 3 and what do you think we're getting in december that's so great beta uh the the actual release uh i mean logic well, dictates don't get hope <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's, I know. Why I said, that's why i said in december because if there's two dev diaries to come we can't expect actual release i mean yeah uh, yeah no i i, I totally get okay. that i'm just saying that's that's one of the the very few items actually on my list uh i i don't really expect uh the beta even though that's the only thing that really tops it Maybe more Odyssey footage. I guess a lore thing makes more sense, but beta is really the top of my list based off of uh, what's happening. Here's another thing that comes to mind as a question. So what about a limited beta? So for here, here's an example. What if they do Dev Diary 3, let's say, I don't know, December 5th, December 8th, whatever, and then beta... You know, Dev Diary 3, let's say December 5th, uh, and and on the heels, like, at Dev Diary 3, they say, oh, by the way, pre-orders are on sale tomorrow, right? Build the hype, get it going. And then they say, pre-order will give you limited beta access, and the beta is, let's say, everything other than the FPS. So you'll get to walk around, you'll get to wing multi-crew, you'll get to see what if anything they have changed with regard to the you know the underlying code base with regard to um uh you know better instancing better whatever all of these things you'll get to go to interstellar apex interstellar travel you get to go to the settlements and see this that and the other every all of the stuff except shooty shooty and then they do you know the 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 you know so because i i think there is at least potentially some validity to getting everybody to test all of those aspects and then doing dev diary 4 which is combat combat and then doing a beta for that where okay now we're going to have people test that as opposed to just saying it's open for you to shoot people and then no one looks at the other stuff because shooting people um Roy. That's an interesting thought that the that the FPS could be such a huge distraction that they don't get a, a proper test. Um, uh, I wasn't really on board with what you were saying until you said that because the first bit it would be like, man, I get to like play with all the regular stuff, but I really want to play with the new toy. Um, but yeah, that that uh, from just from a software testing perspective, it might make sense to compartmentalize it like that. Tweet. I would disagree a little bit, honestly. The whole idea of a beta is to test every part of it to make sure it's going to function properly when the full release comes. So I, I would think if there's going to be a beta, they would want us to test every aspect of it, all of it. Okay. 
So uh, we're asking all of you guys in the chat, watching later, listening uh, while you drive your car you know, to the podcast. What do you think is coming in December that we want just as much? What do you want just as much as Dev Diary 3? Is it, you know, could it be a storyline thing? Would that suffice to you? Or would it need to be beta or, or maybe an extended trailer that has all kinds of stuff? Um, tell us what you think. They, they also talked about on the stream the upcoming Christmas show that is planned with hints of the return of the, you know, Super Cruise News crew uh, from Halloween event, which with that hilarious, hilarious skit that they did. And they talked about the fact that the Christmas show is also going to have some cool giveaways. They mentioned that they have some special stream decks that they're going to be handing out to people. So that'll be interesting to look forward to. Well, I'm sure people would love to win that. Um, Art talked about the fact that he has seen some content uh, with regard to content creators making stuff saying, talking about problems uh, with Elite Dangerous, things that they would like to see fixed in the new, you know, with the upcoming code base, all, all kinds of issues. He said like, hey, look, I, I appreciate the validity of these issues. Uh, we're listening. We're, we're promising that we will get fixes and information as soon as possible. Thank you for your feedback. We're, we're monitoring this where we are looking to, you know, address these things when, if, and you know, as, and when we can. Uh, and they talked about that they were setting, testing this new stream setup, uh, and, and the fact that the, the super cruise news will from now on next Tuesday will be at the new time, which is pushed back. Um, on the forums, uh, Bruce Garrido made a post about Odyssey, which we, we mentioned earlier, saying that the, the price is not locked in. Somebody asked, like, hey, what's the price for Odyssey? And, and he said it is not locked in yet. Um, Roy, why don't you run us through real quick through the Galnet News articles? Yeah, there was four articles since uh, our last episode. On the 9th, uh, this was where it was really an acknowledgement in game of the Halloween episode. Uh, with the Adamaster and the story and the Alliance announcing they were shifting focus basically from Witch Head into the coal sack um, to, to go after more you know, meta alloys. Uh, then we saw on the 10th um, the story about Hadrian Duvall, and uh, this was sort of a follow-up to uh, Princess, Princess Ashling uh, providing care to him and, and him sort of coming out saying, look, um, uh, we should, we should uh, band together and... and uh, and uh, fight against external enemies and not amongst yourselves, but also he threw in a comment about, um, you know, comparing the purge of Nova Imperium's followers to what's maybe happening to the Marlinists and uh, maybe making a distinction between the, the military and civilian factions of that group. And then on the 12th, uh, two stories. Uh, these were really setting up the, the narrative and game that turned into the CGs, uh, which uh, we'll cover here in a minute. Um, with the, the two CGs in the Colsac and then announcing the conclusion of uh, the federal systems resisting the Imperials uh, in, uh, in the combat CG that just finished. Right on. And Arson, why don't you take us through the CGs last week's and this week's? Uh, so our civil war, or not civil war, but our war between the uh, Empire and the Federation has concluded. The Empire lost handily, only getting to stage two. Um, the rewards for those uh, CGs were quite hefty in the form of military rank promotions. Uh, for both uh, both sides, it was a top 25% will receive 
two rank promotions, top 75% will receive one. And then for the winning CG, which was the Federation or LTT 1935 Confederacy who won, uh, the top 10 commanders received a complete and total promotion uh, to the top rank, which is... And let's, uh, keep in, let's keep in mind that those ranks will be awarded as of tomorrow, as of the 14th Saturday. So if, if people are like, yeah, I know they're because I've already heard from people like, hey, man, I, I picked up my money, but I didn't get my rank that those those come a couple days later. You got to give them time to sort that out. Yep. Uh, and then we, of course, have uh, two new CGs. You see me participating in one right now, protecting the expansion into the Colsac Nebula, where you are collecting bonds from AX Combat and handing them in at the Spirit of Nisa. We also have the expansion into the Colsac Nebula, where you sell power regulators, robotics, structural regulators, and building fabricators to the spirit of Nisa. And successful completion of the expansion uh, initiative uh, provides improved outfitting options added to Bearing Port, the addition of a human technology broker to uh, Bentoncourt base, the upgrade of Coal Point into a carrier administration system, and both CGs for the top 25% of pilots will provide a double-engineered frameshift drive provided by Sirius Corporation. Uh, this is going to include Grade 5 uh, increased range and Grade 5 faster boot sequence. For those watching live, you can see that the combination of these gives you an extra bonus of optimal mass of 15%. And I'll go ahead and let the rest of you guys talk about the stats on that while I blow up this Thargoid. Beautiful. Uh, why don't you hop in on that, Roy? I know you did an uh, a, a analysis on that. Yeah, I, I ran some quick numbers through ED Shipyard. One of the, I use ED, Ship, ED Shipyard as well as Coriolis, and one of the interesting things in ED Shipyard is it allows you to type in stats that can override the, the sort of stock stats or engineered stats in any module. I went ahead and typed in what I think a frame shift drive with this kind of double engineering would look like. And if the stats are additive, then you take a completely stripped down DBX and by, by uh, stripped down, I mean, you know, derate everything uh, D to D, uh, D class and engineer for lightweight and so forth, stripped down. I think you can get uh, on a full tank of gas, uh, 75 light year jump range and near empty 81 uh, on a DBX. So uh, that extra that extra uh, optimal mass improvement from the, the fast recharge, it, it does add it does add and it matters. Did you say 81 light years? Yeah, that's with a near empty tank. So with enough in the tank to make the jump, it's probably something like 80, but it's that's it's impressive. a serious it's a serious jump. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 good. Tweaked comments on that? Yeah, the <sighs> That FSD would be amazing on ships. For example, my crate Phantom, which right now gets about 61, 62 light year jump range with three SRVs on it. Mm -hmm. Adding something like that to it would give me a, a nice little boost for any explorers, for any new commanders out there that need a a jump ship to get around the bubble. That that FSD is a pretty sweet deal from FDEV. I, 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 again, props, props to FDEV for these cool rewards for the CGs. Absolutely, and there's two of them. You can get in the top 25% and get it twice. All right, we're gonna. I'm gonna call an audible here. We're moving some stuff along quicker because we are way behind. 
So let's move on. Tweaked, give us your uh, speedball for Elite Week Race News. Yeah, speedball for uh, if you guys don't know what speedball is, this is pretty fun stuff. If you've ever wanted to basically get down on the atmosphere of the planet and go as fast as you can towards the planet and try to miss the planet this is your chance it's just around the corner it takes place on saturday the 21st sunday the 22nd so that's about a week away i think it is Uh, and and it's really pretty impressive i mean they broke speed records of over nine i think it said nine thousand meters per second basically in real space down at the surface of the planet they go faster than you do in super cruise and you do this in a ship that you if you hit the planet you're probably gonna go explodicating yourself so this is some pretty cool stuff and you have a good chance to take part if you want to take part you you uh fly out to the fleet carrier litho break it's departing from 61 virginis on monday evening shuttling interested pilots to the race venue so basically everybody that wants to take part in this can take part in this this is a cool thing beautiful so we're gonna have in the show notes the discord link the website link the official video tutorial the official forum thread the whole nine yards so you've you've got everything that you need in there um we're going to move to real life science now so right off the bat let's look at there's a report from the journal of astrobiology from back in march 2007 which indicates that plants in other star systems with different stars would most likely produce different color chlorophyll uh, to most efficiently conduct photosynthesis. So instead of a world of lush greens, a red dwarf star may produce more reds and a Nacanarian, Achenarian, I guess is the way you say it, star might produce a world of blue and white plants. There's a picture up on the screen of uh, what this looks like. That's from a NASA report where they got together and tried to figure out what, what plants would would be like on other worlds. Uh, The full uh, study from nasa.gov centers and the Goddard Center uh, is in the show notes for you to look at. Uh, Actually, you know what? We do have a little bit of time. Tweet, why don't you go ahead and produce your thing on the the new engine? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) basically um, to boldly go where no man has gone before, a thermal nuclear engine is being developed that they think could get us to Mars in as little as three months time. And that would be three months to get back home too. The Ultra Safe Nuclear Corporation has designed a thermal nuclear engine that they think would be much safer for the astronauts because the radiation that the astronauts would would absorb from spending enough time in space to actually get to Mars in the technology we have right now would be more dangerous to them than riding on this engine and and they think they've come up with a way to do this i mean they're actually talking like this is a real deal right now and elon musk again is the driving force behind this and i think they're going to be doing some testing on this it it, there is a quote in here that says these designs use the astonishing heat generated by a nuclear reaction to push a push a rocket at speeds approaching the star trek realm compared to what we use today so it's pretty uh, out there futuristic stuff, but we're getting closer and closer every day. So here is a uh, 
quick salute to those steely-eyed rocket maniacs. Uh, Roy, uh, go ahead and hit the uh, Voyager 2 thing real quick. Yeah, so this was a story about the measurement of how, how much of a vacuum is space. Uh, Voyager 1 and 2, obviously having uh, exited the solar system a while ago, uh, are now encountering the, the various borders between the, the shell, the sort of the magnetic and particle shells uh, around the vast distances of our, our solar system and going into interstellar space. And one of the quick things that was pointed out was um, it appears that although the density of space uh, in any case, it's a hard vacuum, but it's, you know, on the order of a few electrons per cubic centimeter near the sun, and that goes down to like 0.002 as you get to the end of the solar system. What they're encountering as they go past the heliopause is that that's going up by a few orders of magnitude. Um, and there's some various theories around that, like maybe the there's an interstellar wind that goes, you know, blows through the, through the galaxy, and that might be piling up uh, as it encounters sort of the shock wave of uh, our solar system moving through it. Uh, it could be that this material is getting more dense as it follows uh, sort of interstellar magnetic field lines that curve around our, our, our solar system. So um, just an example of how you know you think this thing's gone way past all the interesting stuff and now it's just flying through empty space and it continues to return these these really interesting results so basically mankind is two for two of sending something outside of our solar system and what what that means is you've officially passed the point where it's no longer tethered to the gravity of the sun and mm -hmm. in both of those situations we found that stuff isn't exactly what we thought it was out there so that's interesting yep. it's always exciting when we are changing what we know when we find out that we're wrong that gives us an opportunity to learn something new so it's, it's exciting stuff now for those who want to watch live the launch of crew one sunday night at uh 727 eastern standard time which would be what like 1 27 in the morning uh uh utc uh, there's a link in the show notes so you can watch and cheer them on. And lastly, we want to hit real quick. Um, actually, uh, yeah, Scott Manley uh, put out an update with about NASA, Artemis, Space Force, and the election results. I know that people are like, meh, I don't want to talk politics. Believe me, I don't either. But this is interesting because what he talks about here isn't what you might think when you hear election results. It's not, it's not rah-rah on either side it's not whatever it's literally what he's talking about is uh spoiler alert whoever won the presidency it wasn't really going to change all that much with regard to the plans with artemis and nasa and space force and all these things because a lot of this is stuff that's actually more covered by congress and congress just sent back a budget to artemis nasa was saying we need 3.5 billion to keep things on track and congress said how about 1 billion how about that? So look for delays is basically the, the long and the short of it. And he does a really good uh, sort of explanation for how all of that works. And I know he didn't want to get into the subject. He really was sort of, of saying like, man, I didn't want to do this video because people are going to, anytime you mention politics, it gets nasty, but I'm not talking politics from a proponent side of any side of the argument. I'm talking about just the mechanics of how funding works with Congress versus the executive branch, uh, how, what the Senate's involved with, what Congress is involved with, how, you know, the House and the Senate argue back and forth on things and how sort of NASA budgets work. 
And that is to me interesting. All of the other shit I, I could care less, but this part is super, super interesting. So I urge you take a look. Scott Manley is an amazing dude who makes amazing content uh, about all things space and breaks things down in a way that I find very, very approachable. So take a look at that. That takes us into Roy stories. Let's get it going. We now rejoin our Inara Commander series with Yuna Sakashiro's Unbound, Part 9, Lagoon. Sakashiro felt sick. The fever made her shiver and sweat at the same time. Her white pilot suit was soaking wet. She could no longer focus on operating the ship. She was tired and weak from fatigue. She was breathing fast as if she had run a hundred yards. The pain in her leg had become unbearable. She opened the ship internals panel, flipped through the tabs and pages until she found the self-destruct button. It had begun to look more and more attractive. It promised to put an end to her misery within seconds. A finger hovered above the button. She tried to recall the happier moments of her life. There hadn't been many, and most of them involved Logan. She felt deep regret. If she had opened up sooner and told him about her feelings, maybe her life would have taken a different turn. Maybe she would have spent that fateful day with him, leaving the Pilots' Federation district together instead of working at the shipyard. So many moments with him, and she had wasted all of them. She closed her eyes and began to weep. Then she held her breath. Her finger moved towards the button. "'Let me get us closer to the sun,' said Logan. He sat next to her, plotting a course in the galaxy map. She knew it was just her brain slowly melting from the fever, starting to play with fragments of memory before erasing them forever. Submitting to a sudden impulse, she closed the internals panel and opened the galaxy map. It showed her position, a cyan marker above a small dot, surrounded by other small dots, each of them representing an entire star system. She reconfigured the map filter for systems with human civilization, and the dots began to vanish without mercy, leaving her alone in the void. She moved the cursor around aimlessly. Then she noticed a nebula, the lagoon sector, not too far away from where she was. She moved the cursor into the nebula and almost missed the tiny white dot hidden inside. Her heart skipped a beat. She was not alone out here. She plotted a course and inspected her navigation panel. Only thirty-four jumps. She knew this was it, her final chance. She didn't have much time left. She aligned the ship and throttled up. The sidewinder responded with roaring thrusters. Frameshift drive charging. Next up, we've got the discussion topics. Uh, we've already hit what those were earlier in the show. We've got community question number one, life in the galaxy. So should Frontier be uh, looking to incorporate the aforementioned studies findings uh, to make flora on other worlds different colors and that would match the system's dictates on the production of photosynthesis. What about high G worlds? Could we see smaller animals, you know, much smaller with denser bone structure or low G worlds giving rise to more sort of massive or giraffe type creatures? Uh, what if you had a, if you had a low G world and it was particularly hot 
you know, you would end up, I think, with with fauna that would be sort of longer as a better way to dissipate heat and, and would that we, it would be less of a problem in, in low G. Um, these are all sort of, I don't know, things that it's like, well, what about, is this, am I overthinking this? Am I getting too crazy complicated? Or is this exactly the kind of thing that, you know, the geniuses of the beautiful minds of David Braben and Dr. K and et al would, would like to dig into? Roy, what do you think? Uh, you know, the question I think it raises is, what is the level of fidelity of the model from a simulation standpoint that they're committed to maintaining? Um, and it, it covers all the things you just mentioned. There's there's also, uh, even if we go back to the, the uh, episodes where we talked about exoplanets and things, I remember talking offline with uh, uh, Professor Awan, because there were some of the planets, I was, some of the systems I was looking for, um, that were in in the galaxy map and some that weren't and he he pointed out that they have been hand editing some things um as discoveries are made i don't know to what extent that's you know that that i think it's true i I don't mean to what extent it's true i mean how much of it they're doing um and what you know where do we draw the line between a simulation and a game here what's the vision around that and i don't think we've i think we can kind of guess some things like they're leaning hard towards a simulation of the astrophysics and uh, you would assume this extends to when we eventually get flora and fauna um, but yeah we could probably use some clarity on that like where where does it not matter anymore for the game to still be fun uh, but it's cool to know that you're flying through a universe that has some dedication to being a representation of the real thing because that fulfills sort of the fantasy of being able to do this sort of thing in real life tweet hop in on this yeah, I was going to kind of just address that exact same point, is that FDEV's reputation and their goal for Elite Dangerous is to be mostly a simulation. So I see no reason. With as scientific as they built this this whole galaxy and and the geniuses of, of, of the development team that we have there, I mean, Dav and, and, and Dr. Ross and I mean these people are next level so I see no reason to believe that the flora and the fauna that we're going to get wouldn't be affected by the gravity and the, the, the terrain of the planets that they're going to be on hmm. Wallace what do you think well I'd be fascinated to find out what sort of um, flora and fauna uh, inhabit for example planets orbiting a neutron star hmm. um, hmm. Thing, things that can survive being bombarded with radiation thousands of times higher than uh, anything we, we could experience here on Earth um, would have to be pretty specialized. I, I don't see any reason why Frontier can't take into account the star class, the gravity, the amount of atmosphere. It, it, it seems perfectly sensible that if you're generating content based on a set of parameters like like with the uh, Stellar Forge um, I don't see any reason why they, they, they can't use the same mechanisms again. There is a possibility based on what we've seen so far that these could be more like Star Citizen handcrafted assets but I, I doubt it. I think it's much more likely that we're going to see a, a near infinite variety of different sorts of life forms and if that's true then then I would I would hope that they would take into account environments in which they're found mm. that, that, when you say that it calls to mind that the the, uh, 
what is it, the Spock quote, infinite life and infinite variations or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Old school Star Trek head. All right. Beetlejuice, what do you think about all of this? All this, the idea of these different colored plants or different types of creatures based on the, the statistics of the planets? I quite like the idea that um, some of the plants might be partly sentient as well. That, that might be quite fun. Mm. And uh, I like the idea, that, like you said, old school Star Trek. You know how like they go down to a planet and then then they all sniff the magic grass, and, <laughs> and, and then Spock gets out his loot. I, I like the idea that potentially some of the planets might have, uh, I don't know, some bark mounds might overload your soap, your suit sensors, and and you might start to get kind of UA like interference due to some of the impact of some of the materials on the planet i'd like i'd like there to be impact from well not just the gravity like i mean you're not necessarily going to be in some sort of expanse bodysuit which allows you to stomp 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 with your magic strength but also you know that that that, that the planet is going to have an impact on you as a commander, regardless of your remlock, I'd like I'd like that to be, and, and it'd be nice for you to um, find that the big game was in fact on that particular planet, just an enormous mushroom. Mm. There's a quite a nice book by Sherry S. Tepper called Grass, where the grass is psychoactive, and it's all kind of uh, symbiotic with the plants and the animals on that planet. Quite fun. Raven did want big game hunting, didn't he? <laughs> well, so. To be clear, though, the context in which people always say, like, well, Brayman wanted people to be out there shooting dinosaurs from your cobra. Let's be clear, because, yes, that was a thing that was mentioned. But if you go back and watch the actual interviews where that was discussed, he wasn't talking about it like, rah, rah, let's go shoot big lizards in the face. He was talking about sort of from a conservational standpoint, the grossness of big game hunting in that he, he specifically said you know what if you had a creature that was like a massive massive creature and you know we were killing it you know and and literally just cutting off the eyebrows because it had some valuable thing or i think he was sort of making uh, and, and and this is from a guy who you know put out you know uh planet zoo he was talking, I think, about the ethical sort of quandaries of, you know, killing an elephant for the ivory or different things like that. I don't it, it's it's an interesting thing because it, I, I, I think so few people actually remember the context of that quote in which he was talking about it more from the standpoint of this is a thing that could happen. And if that were to happen, how sad would that be? And everyone just remembers, I shot a dinosaur in the face with my cobra. You know, that's not that's not how I remember it. I remember it as sort of, hey, you can go on a safari and shoot things. I might I might be misremembering. Hmm. Elite full of that stuff. So so the, as... the rares, they all have stories. Yeah. I mean, you meet the arts you meet the arts graduates. Hmm. So, yeah. as somebody who's gone back and watched all the Kickstarter videos repeatedly, there was one specifically that wasn't talking about promised features, but was talking about various different things each of the developers had in their mind as things that they think would be cool. 
and David Braben did talk about game hunting as being something that would be fun. Um, but it, it wasn't like, oh, we're going to get this. It was just more of like uh, just a whole bunch of developers back to back talking about different things that they want. Yeah. Hmm. To be fair, I did just mention it as an aside to psychoactive grass. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> this was not what I was talking about. That's true. All right. Absolutely. Um, all right. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's 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 lots of possibilities there. And, and, and I agree with uh, with Roy's point that it'll be interesting to see to what level they get involved in that. And what do you guys think? Do you think, would you like to see, you know, planets with sort of reddish suns have different color plants or whitish blue? Or is that like sort of oh, like, ah, you're overthinking it. You're getting too deep down the rabbit hole. So that, that'll be community question number one for you guys to, to weigh in on what you think. Community question number two, which we've already discussed, what will you do with the opportunity for at least one free alt from the Epic Store? Uh, or are you like, man, I don't like the Epic Store, I'm out. Or what do you? Or are you like, oh, I'm making nine different accounts, let's roll. Community question number three, what do you think about the Dev Diary revelations? What are you hoping for or afraid of? Uh, and community question number four is, what big thing do you think December will bring? What What is to you big enough that you think it's something you would like as much if not more than dev diary three um and keep in mind this is not whatever that thing is it's not they, they didn't say we canceled dev diary three because you're getting that thing they've said dev diary three was pushed back it was planned to be in november but now it's been pushed back to december at some point and that in a dish in addition to Dev Diary 3, December, will also bring something else which will be just as big, if not more so, for us. And uh, I think it's time to move on to State of the Game. Uh, my feeling on State of the Game is that it's very, very strong. I'm digging all of the stuff. I feel like we had a crazy news. Let's let's recap this. We had a, a, a big article that dropped that had, you know, revelations about new gameplay stuff that's coming. Uh, we had uh, another revelation that dropped that, oh, next week you're getting the game for free. Oh, by the way, your girlfriend, your wife, your husband, your brother, your, your cousin, your, 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 your friends, coworkers, let them know about this. Tell them this is the time. If you're interested, it, it, there's a lot of times where you're like, man, I've been telling this guy, he would love a lead. Give it a try. And he's like, ah, I don't want to spend money. I got British money. I got to transfer over. Get it now, man. Get it for free. So, you know. There, there was that. There was a new site that was found that was spooky as shit. Had an awesome story. Something brand new found in the galaxy that's been there. As Beetlejuice pointed out earlier, it's like there's stuff out there we have yet to find, and we found one of those things. The, the story is alive and 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 going going like gangbusters. There's all of these things, and I'm sure I left some stuff. Oh yeah, whatever the big stuff coming in December is, and and. And all of this stuff. So to me, like I said, state of the game, 10 out of 10. I, I could not be more thrilled. Everything is just going like a rocket. Arson, state of the game. 
what happened to my control bindings in the middle of my session literally just now? <laughs> they literally just came unbound for my flight thrusters. That's my state of the game, but other than that, it's amazing. I'm super happy and I'm having fun. But what? <laughs> Beetlejuice, state of the game. Where, how are you feeling it? I think it's going well, actually. I think they're in a good place. They've obviously got brand new team. They've got new PR. They've got new community. They've got tons of developers just working on the game. They've got lots of games on the go, and the company seems to be doing well. Mm. I think they're doing all right. Uh, and uh, uh, clearly, they are very proud of what they are in the process of producing. Mm, absolutely. Well said. Tweet. Date of the game state of the game for me is very good to great uh the cgs uh, thargoid stuff you know great rewards for the cgs galnet's alive and and there's new stories almost daily at this point in time and and with this release of this article this week uh, i am just even more excited for odyssey than i ever was uh, not many people i think love elite dangerous as much as i do to me it's in my top two all-time games, and I, if Odyssey does what they're saying it's going to do, it probably will launch to be the probably the best, most intricate game I ever could have imagined. So I would say great at this point. Beautiful. And Watherspoon, state of the game. Well, I suppose I would I would view it from a kind of do do I find that there aren't enough hours to play the game <laughs> um right now yes um I, I i have a lot that i'd like to be doing and i can't do all of it um if i find myself motivated to be going into the game and playing the game that means the game is working for me um that's that's the way it's working at the moment i know that when odyssey comes out i'm gonna hate it it's gonna be terrible it's gonna be it's, <laughs> I mean, seriously there's going to there's going to be a month during which i i'm completely lost i have no idea what I'm, bloody hell's going on and i'm going to be spending a lot of time remapping all my keys um to something that works for me mm. and then hopefully it's going to be a bit like um the new f uh, the the um what's it called the, the for fuck's sake the um the full system scanner full, full spectrum full spectrum oh, yeah, scanner. The that's the kind of, yes uh the ffs yes um you know that that took me a while to get used to simply because it required lots of remapping um i i would imagine that uh, odyssey is going to be an awful lot a lot awful lot more complex than that um it's going to take time to get used to it's going to get time time to understand the game loops and what's expected of you uh what the opportunities are uh, it's going to be a time of a time of discovery a time of excitement a time of frustration as well i suspect mm. oh. but you know it, it 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 if all goes well it could could turn out to be a just an, an absolutely massively wonderful game and it could bring in an awful lot more players so you know we're not there yet but uh, fingers crossed i think next week we might see a fairly massive influx of accounts if you look at you know what stuart was saying is the the reddits are lighting up with regard to this the the pc gamer article has hit hard and is, uh, is, is getting, drumming up a lot of interest. I think you combine that with everything that's on the horizon with the brand new computers that, and PlayStation 5s and Xbox X and S's and 
whatever other letters they're adding to them these days there's we might be in a perfect storm of a massive influx of, of new population which in and of itself brings lots of opportunities and some pitfalls that will have to be addressed um roy state of the game brother yeah i think this uh this sort of data dump from pc gamer combined with as you say the influx coming with the epic game store this is like the on-ramp uh to to uh, an increasing level ex of excitement between now and the launch. I think we're going to see a, a steady increase in pace. It feels like we've just engaged with the beginning of a a runaway process in a good sense here. Um, I'm really excited for it. I and and uh, as far as this week, you know, these two CGs, I'm super excited. Uh, I'm going after both those FSDs, and then I get to theorycraft a bunch of ships all over again, which is going to be a lot of fun. Right on, right on. All right. Well, uh, Arson, did you have something you wanted to add on to that? Uh, nope. <laughs> oh, okay. I, uh, okay. Never mind. All right, everybody. Uh, I want to thank so much uh, Watherspoon and Beetlejuice for coming in uh, and being great guests. I feel bad, actually. I, I've been remiss. I want to hit something hard before we go. Uh, Beetlejuice, in addition to all of the, you know, doing stuff on Galnet, and she's been doing stuff with Hutton, and you see her on the Frontier streams, you know, it, active in the chat, and she's active in the chat basically everywhere where Elite is found. Um, in addition to all of that, she is an amazing artist. I, I very much love the the thing that you guys did as for the Gnosis together where it was sort of Watherspoon storytelling as Beetlejuice did those those different like drawings and adding stuff to the Gnosis, the whole like kind of doing a collage that that for I'm sure I, I'm shit with art, so I'm sure I'm using the wrong terms or whatever, but doing some like collage like thing that 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 told the whole sort of story uh, or, or at least bits and pieces of the whole history of the Gnosis so well. And I've seen so many of her works on on twitter and in different streams and here and there so i just wanted to give you huge props as an artist i i, I couldn't do that stuff in a million years i have no skill with regard to that so big 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 salute and of course you know you know i love water spell it's got that sexy british voice so mutual <laughs> <laughs> i have that sexy british voice wow very classy. Beetlejuice, oh. thank you so much for coming in. It's been fantastic. No worries. Cool. <laughs> thank <on>. you. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go around the horn and say goodbye to the beautiful people. I'm going to leave you with Bill and Ted's line. Be excellent to each other. Roy, say goodbye to the beautiful people. Fly casual, but stay dangerous. Arson, say something that doesn't creep people out. Come try to kill me next time. I'm an open for a reason. Beetlejuice, say goodbye to the beautiful people. <laughs> Thank you. Tweet, say goodbye to the beautiful people. Thanks for spending a couple hours with us, everybody. Hope you had a good time and enjoy the game. We are in a, a transitional time of Elite Dangerous, but it's never been more exciting. Have fun, everyone. Absolutely. Watherspoon. Use that sexy, classy British voice to say something awesome to sign us out. And then Arson, play the music right from there. 
And that is this week's Elite Week news. Um, thank you for listening, and if you have been, go away and do something else. Is it?